Hello? Hello? Hello, Cliffy? Cliffy, it's Uncle Cliff Cliff. Cliffy? It's podcast time. And now, the Birthday Boy Podcast. Bull stick of butter. Cliffy, it's Grandma Cliff Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, okay? Cliff, this is your Uncle Cliff Cliff. Here's the host of Birthday Boy Podcast. The one and the only, Johnny Boy. My little baby boy. Baby butter boy. Womack style. Cliffy. I ah. love you. Toggling your balls. Oh, what's up? What's toggling up, everybody? Welcome to the Birthday Boy Podcast. Uh, toggling his balls. Episode 20. Back from Just vacation. And, uh... The biggest one yeah, yet. I'm talking over the intro very early toggling on. Your balls. Because, like, come on, you've heard it a million times, right? Holy shit. The biggest one yet, yet, Cliffy. (sighs) What's going on? How are you? Let me... Your grandmother? Yeah. Got, uh... Well... I was going to say we have a lot to talk about. But not really. I I have very little planned. Very little plan for this episode. My little baby butter boy, little butter boy, Cliffy boy, baby boy. Mm-hmm. Wait, then. Cliffy boy. Butter boy. That's how you get blisters, Cliffy. That's how you get blisters. We do have a new Cliff Womack call style. at the end Let of the... This is difficult. I really... I made a big mistake. I made a huge mistake trying to talk over these fucking Cliff. idiot Cliff family members. I can't compete. I can't compete with the Cliffs. The oatmeal tasting booth. Oh, the oatmeal tasting booth. <laughs> Toggling his balls. Is this over? Holy Toggle mackerel, this just balls. goes on, doesn't it? Just, baby butter yeah, boy. Baby but Can't compete. I can't compete. What? Why did I even think? The biggest and the best. Yeah. Yeah. You goddamn butter boy. Son of a bitch. I can't get a fuck out of you. Son of a bitch. Fuck. The Womack family holiday spectacular. Just goes on forever. Your grandmother just told me the good news. All right. Shame on me. Shame on me for for trying to get a little jump on the podcast and thinking that I could can't talk over that. Can't compete with Elio's pizza in my oven. See, this is that's normally where I would jump in. What's up, everybody? What is up? Tremendous Thursday to you. All right, that's uh, thank you, thank you, Cliffs and uh, Palm Springsteen. That's the artist that song. Hey there, hey cowgirl, or whatever it's called. Palm Springsteen. So, oh my God, I have to save. I haven't even saved this file. This is a boy. Talk about rusty. Talk about getting shaken off the cobwebs. I just opened up a file. I'm recording this on a laptop, by the way. I don't know why. I just. It just seemed like it would be easier, and so here we go. And I figured if I could, if I compete against, it's not even plugged in, so if I can compete against my 92% charge, and I could keep this like podcast within a reasonable amount of time instead of like four hours and splitting it up into seven different podcasts, 
and maybe I can like you know maybe be more uh, I don't know if efficient is the word but succinct perhaps more succinct ah and there we go I've saved the file you didn't you didn't even notice that's the magic that's the magic of technology outstanding tremendous how are you how have you been how has your week been it seems like a long time ago that I sat down and recorded a birthday boy podcast and really August 28th was the last one I'm looking at the calendar today is the 19th as I'm recording this that's like one two that's three weeks ago and yeah there was like the non-podcast podcast announcement from two weeks ago just to give you a little something to tide you over which I ranted about I don't know it was a Freddy fist bump at the grocery store and there was even a I, there was even a cliff call God damn I am magnanimous aren't I uh, no podcast last week and for those of you who do not know who are not on Facebook or Instagram and didn't see my feed my wall plastered endlessly with pictures and updates and things uh, yeah the family and I went to Norway last week it was a 20 year anniversary gift for my beautiful wife Kimmy um, yeah it was kind of so so about a year ago I figured let's we should get passports and the little passport ID cards just to ha like you should just have them I think I think it's it's always a good idea to just have them not that there's any you know most people don't have like oh my god spur of the moment I've I've got to fly across across the globe and I the flight leaves tomorrow and I need my passport there's very few like passport emergencies uh, you know, unless you're unless you are traveling abroad and you lose your passport, then that that would I would imagine that would be uh, shitty. But I just thought, you know, we should the kids should have passports. We should have passports, and you know, mostly I mean entirely for the purposes of going on vacation, and then you know also for the purposes of hiding in Canada if we had to for any any number of reasons. Take your pick. Um, but yeah, I just thought you know I I used to have my passport. Back in high school, when I went to France on the exchange program, the student, whatever you call that, exchange student thing, that's a that's a story to tell for another, perhaps another time. Mm. Premier protein shakes, that's what gets me going. So, so I thought it was sometime last fall, I don't even remember when, and we got our passports, and uh, and I thought it would be nice. To take a vacation someplace that's not the United States. And I also thought, you know, the 20 year anniversary is coming up and it would be just like a nice thing because like 2018 was a shit year. It was really sucky pretty much from start to finish. It was just really a lousy fucking year. Um, started crappy, ended crappy. Actually, it ended fine. It ended it ended on a high note because I knew things were going to change. You know, left the old job, started the new job on January second, all this stuff. So it's and and I I was determined to make twenty nineteen at the very least low expectations. I didn't set out to make twenty nineteen like the best year ever or anything like that. Just not as shitty as twenty eighteen. That's the best I could have hoped for. So far, here in mid. September or maybe mid to late September. Uh, it's th 
almost three quarters down. And uh, 2019's been pretty pretty fucking good, to me, anyways. Um, and I thought, you know, it would be a nice trip, a nice thing to go on a trip and make, you know, have that be something that makes 2019 better than 2018. If nothing else, if, ever, if all else stays the same and 2019 sucks, we'll have a nice vacation somewhere. So we got our passports. The four of us got our passports, uh, I don't know, sometime last fall. I don't even remember when. And uh, and then for Christmas, uh, my Christmas gift to Kimmy was I surprised her with airplane tickets for the four of us. Not airplane tickets, just a really shitty printout of... Uh, you know, with the with the price crossed out, just saying, here's tickets for September. To here's you've purchased, you've reserved travel, you've booked travel to go to Norway. So I gave her a calendar, a 2019 Norway calendar, and then inside of it was the was the little printout confirming our uh, our air travel. And then uh, that was kind of it. And then we sort of it was a nice Christmas, nice Christmas gift. And then uh, at least I did. I don't think Kimmy really forgot about it, but I kind of like just forgot. Forgot all about it for several months, and so it was. We didn't book any hotels. We didn't book any Airbnbs. We didn't book any car. Anything. Nothing was booked other than the flight there. So we knew we were going to get on an airplane and go to Norway, and then maybe just sleep in the airport for a week. So it was finally. Gosh, it was like the beginning of August. You know they recommend for international travel and. Certain places you go on the websites and they suggest like Airbnb suggests yeah you should book uh, you know two months out one month out three months out depending on where it is and all this stuff. Uh, but I knew I mean come on September it's right after Labor Day like nobody's on vacation it's like the one week like that week after Labor Day and that week after Christmas you know the first week of January like nobody's traveling it's a great it's a great week to travel both of those both of those times to visit places that are real touristy. Or to do any kind of travel because nobody's traveling those two weeks. It's lovely. So I figured, and obviously, let's be honest. Uh, that's why we. That's why the airfare was chosen as it was. I I tried to get, you know, I tried to look at things in August to go. You know, maybe mid August to go to Norway, and uh, you know, it's like uh, almost double the price to fly over there. And so I said, you know what? Uh, guess what? The kids and the kids are going to come with us. I debated. Like, it's an anniversary present, so it should just be us. But at the same time, I thought, like, you know, we the kids, like, come on. Get a stamp on their passport at the ripe old age of nine and seven. Get to see the world a little bit. Maybe maybe get them interested in an early age of, like, traveling and all that shit. Which they're already interested in, but... um, Of course, we spent the year listening to Kalen complaining that we weren't going to Paris. So that was cool. <laughs> Uh, no, but, but they had a, uh, they had a phenomenal time. They both adored it there. Uh, we'll get to that in a, get to that in a second. So yeah, so September, that was the cheapest airfare that I could find. The dates, I played with the dates every which way. And, uh, <laughs> September, whatever we left, September 6th, 5th through the 12th, those were the cheapest flights that one could book. Uh, for a beautiful overnight flight and then a, you know, six-hour layover in London on the first leg of the journey. And then on the return trip home, it was like seven or eight hours, which flies by because it takes you, you know, you got to get through the passport thing and the checkpoints and this and that. So 
you really don't have that much time. Uh, but in any event, uh, yeah, so we so I chose the least expensive time to go. And we said, okay, guess what? Kim's, we're, you know, we're going to miss some work and the kids are going to miss school. But let's be honest, it's September. Uh, are they really going to miss that much in school? Uh, honestly. And even, even to let the cat out of the bag a little bit more, when we met with, uh, with one of our children's teachers, I won't, I won't divulge which one, uh, but on the, on the back to school day, meet the teacher thing that, you know, before the first day of school, uh, we let both kids, teachers know, as well as the front office of school, Hey, they're going to be out. They're going to miss these days. We're out of the country. It's an educational experience, which it was in some parts. And uh, one of the kids' teachers was like, eh, to be honest, I probably shouldn't be saying this, but it's the beginning of September. You're not going to miss that much. <laughs> so if the teacher if the teacher confirmed what I already knew, then, hey, we're, we're golden. And it turns out, yeah, they really didn't miss. They, missed, uh, they each missed their first uh, dance practice. Cam missed the first archery lesson of the season at the Y. She missed her second ice skating practice lesson thing. Uh, otherwise, you know, didn't miss that much. There wasn't too much. And uh, and I f we flew back, got back Thursday night last week, and uh, it was just uh, just in time for me to get up the next morning and log in and go to work, which was uh, part of that was just to not to not be overwhelmed and come back Monday and spend the weekend wondering what's in my inbox, what fresh hell awaits me the next uh, the next week. So it was kind of, you know, dipping my toes, easing my way into the pool, getting back in. And it wasn't so bad. Friday wasn't so bad. I got caught up on emails. I did a ton of work. But it still made Sunday night really sucky. And the whole weekend was just like, uh, just one of those funks that you can't snap out of. But... As I was talking to my good friend Jody, uh, it's a nice feeling to be in that funk because it means the trip and the experience was was so good that you're really bummed to be back. Most vacations in the last like 20 years, I love to go on the vacation and I enjoy the time that we're there, and then I'm really happy to come home. And this one, I was still happy to come home, sleep in my own bed. But still, when we got home, it was it was hard to not just think about the vacation and say, "Oh man, I really wish we were still there." And it, you know, six days is not nearly enough time to <laughs> to explore a whole country, which we attempted to do. Um, no, we we drove around a good amount of it, and I'll get to that. In, I'll get to that in a second. Um, so yeah, so it was an anniversary gift. We've been together, Kimmy and I, for twenty years. It was our twelve year wedding anniversary in August, and twenty years of twenty years since I seduced her. Uh, with beer and and my incredible sexuality and masculinity. Um, and so, yeah, that was 20 years ago, August 11th, 1999. And so I thought, yeah, let's go. Let's have a nice vacation. Something unforgettable, once in a life. Hopefully not a once in a lifetime experience, because I hope that we go back someday. Not anytime soon. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. I, I wanted to have something unforgettable and unbelievable and just have all of us be a part of it and that's what it was and uh, so yeah we left uh last or two geez two weeks ago i i dropped that uh no podcast podcast announcement thing i guess what on the fourth of the actually i think i i think i put that out there on the day that we left 
we left on the 5th. I think I recorded that, that uh, hey, there's no podcast announcement that ended up being a mini podcast. I think that was on the 5th, and that was the day that we left. And, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting... It was an interesting trip over. I just, oh, man, I fucking hate air travel. I hate air travel. I've gotten to the point where I'm t- I used to love driving, and I'm kind of tired of that, I think because of the four years of commuting in and out of Boston every day will make you not like the car or traveling or human beings or your own existence. Um, but I can tell you that I've really kind of always hated flying. It's not the flying itself. I'm not a, it's not like a fear of the heights and the, I don't give a shit about turbulence. In fact, I, I quite embrace them. I enjoy when there's turbulence. (laughs) I'm, I like I like hearing people scream <laughs> on the airplane, <laughs> scream in terror, a couple little bumps, little clouds, you know, get the fuck over it. And uh, you know the the flight itself. If it was just me, if I had uh, you know someday when the Birthday Boy podcast is such a huge hit and I've got my own fleet of of jets and helicopters taking me all over the place. You know, that's that's one thing. I'd be happy. I'd be happy to just go to a private airfield and just take off uh, in my in my own jet cuz the flying itself fine. It's great. I mean, you can get somewhere in 2 hours that would take you 2 days to travel to. It's fantastic. Uh it's the whole process around it. All those people in a small a relatively small enclosed space. And then the security and the shoes. I mean, we have the TSA pre-check, which is great because you know you get you get bumped a little faster through the line. Uh, you don't have to take off your shoes. Okay, cool. Um, we didn't bring any laptops or iPad. It was very minimal travel, so we didn't have to the usual trips where I bring all of my video games and all my computers and my laptops and my iPads and everything else, and we have to empty it all out into the tray. And uh, or like last year when I was traveling to Omaha and I had my consulting firm laptop and then I had my personal laptop and then I had my client laptop and so I had to take out three laptops every time I went back and forth from Boston to or from New Hampshire to Omaha. Uh, that was fun. While the fucking asshole at the airport in Omaha is yelling, "Keep the line moving," and I yell back, "I can't keep. Make up your mind. Do you want me to empty my three laptops?" Or do you want me to keep the line moving? Because you're telling me to do both things, and I need to empty my three laptops into the fucking bin. Uh, what do you want me to do? And uh, yeah, I didn't really give a shit. I thought, boy, I could really, TSA could really, uh, you know, pull me into the secret room and just pummel me silly with the fucking baton. But uh, they didn't. Because I, I just, I, you know, fuck you. Uh, but we didn't have any of that stuff, so we kind of got through. Security was okay, passports, I mean, no big deal. You know, if, obviously, too, if you're traveling with children and they all have their passports, uh, there's a very good chance that you're not uh, you're not doing something, uh, you know, questionable activity, which we weren't. And uh, they're, they're, it's a little more easy. It's actually, in some ways, easier traveling internationally with children because they, okay, you got the kids, got the passports, stamp, stamp, stamp. What's the purpose of your visit? Vacation, obviously. Great. Go on, have a fun trip, and that's that's pretty much as difficult as it was getting through security. There was no real major thing. Uh, but on the flight itself, you know, I just there has to be. Well, first of all, first of all, we're in Boston. 
I went to grab a few snacks. I went into the Hudson News to grab a few snacks for the trip. And uh, boy, did I pick the wrong line to get in. There were two lines on either side of the counter. I had like a bag of, you know, whatever, combos or something for the trail mix. Just... Kim had already packed some some nuts and some other things for the trip, but I thought, you know, just in case the kids are really irritable, get a few extra snacks. It's good to have good to have a few extra snacks. And so I'm standing in line at the Hudson News, and there's like there's two people in front of me. There's two people in front of me, and the other line on the other side has like six people because they didn't see the other cash register. So I thought, great, I'm gonna get in this cash register line. I'm gonna get right in and out. Well, the dope. The people in front of us had nothing going on. They were fine. The person in front of them had uh, some issue with their credit card or debit card. And the woman at the cashier, the cashier behind the counter, kept coming around to help with the card. It wasn't reading the chip. It wasn't, it was getting declined. It was this or that. She tried it like 18 times. It didn't work. Do you have some other form of payment? No. Then you know what? You're done. I'm sorry. It's a shitty thing when you want to just get like a neck pillow and like get out and get wait for your plane but you're it's not working it's not working and we've got to you know this is an airport this is like you know we gotta we gotta move here uh but there was no sense of urgency from the employee there was a sense of let me slowly walk around the counter five separate times to help you with your transaction oh guess what Uh, let me predict uh it's not gonna work oh yep ding 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 it doesn't work okay so then she put the neck pillow back and like, okay, finally, finally, we're on. And the, the couple in front of us, they move up. They're going to, it's going to be quick, I know it. All of a sudden, there's some old guy on the other side of the counter doing some, they had like, I guess, some self-checkout. On the other, I didn't see this self-checkout, because believe me, I would have used that. I would have utilized that if I could have. There's some old, twitchy old guy, probably, you know, not a day over 104, is uh, he's trying to purchase a sandwich at the self-checkout. Like, if you, look, man, if you're 104, you get in the line. You don't know how to use this technology. Why would you even Why would you even try? Why would you even dare try to use this technology, sir? You know, you have to know you're not going to be able to. Well, and, of course, he, he was not able to use it. But for some reason, instead of the cashier next to the self-checkout on the other side of the counter, the cashier that had helped the woman... Uh, fail miserably in using her credit card decided it was her responsibility to go help the old man. So now we're just standing in line and there's no cashier because the cashier from our line is now over helping the old man. And he still and she still couldn't get him to work. Well, it turns out, I think ultimately this was just a big plot to get the, this guy. I, this old fuck was, I think, just trying to steal this sandwich because she went over, helped him, helped him, helped him. Seemed like everything was okay. Then she comes back, and she starts cashing out the people in front of me. I'm like, okay, we're finally... And the plane's leaving in, like, they're boarding, like, any minute. Kim's texting me, like, hey, they're about they're about to start boarding. I'm like, all right, all right, it's only a couple more minutes. I'm next in line. I, there's, this can't take more than, like, 90 seconds. And then all of a sudden, our cashier looks towards the, the entrance to the Hudson News and starts yelling, sir, sir, sir! And then she goes running, it's the fucking old... 105-year-old twitchy motherfucker, he's walking out with the sandwich. Which, to me, because I don't uh, I don't like to give the benefit of the doubt, I don't think this was some senile old man uh, incapable of using a touch. I think he knew 
damn well that nobody expects an old guy to know how to use the self-checkout and that he was going to scam a, a sandwich out of the Hudson News. I think this was a big plot, this big setup all along. Because, let's be honest, I think we're all thinking the same thing. When we get to be old, we're going to play that senility card and try to get away with all kinds of stuff. Like, I'm already, I've, if, if shopping malls are still around, I've already, like, scoped out all the potted plants that, as an 85-year-old man, I'm going to, like, piss and shit in when I take my, you know, f- take my family to the mall and just, you know, chalk it up to, but I'm an old man, I don't know. Uh, so I'm sure he was playing that card. I have no doubt. I have no fucking doubt that that's what he was doing. Uh, because, yeah, he, 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 punching up the screen, the sandwich, the woman helped him, like told him, went over, took, took time away from our, you know, our line that was not moving to begin with because she's an imbecile, uh, and then went over to help this old man and uh, did everything for him. And all of a sudden, after she helped him, he just decides to walk out of the store with the sandwich. So she ran she ran after him and grabbed the sandwich. And then at this point, I said, you know, fuck this. And he's, you know, he's shaking and he's twitching. And he's like, uh, what, do I do? what do you mean? I thought I had a sandwich. I thought I purchased it. And uh, no, sir, you didn't finish. You didn't finalize the transaction. We need to go back and I'll help you. And I'm like, oh, for Christ's sakes, here's your fucking combos and your t- whatever the f- trail mix fuck I had. And I just I slammed it down on the thing and just stormed out. I was like, f- you know, and then, of you know, I tend sometimes I have to make a scene. So I'm just like, fuck this. And, uh, you know, slammed my combos down on, down on a display and walked out. And uh, and then wouldn't you know we you know we got in line to board the stupid plane, and uh, and then I look up and there's the old man and he's walking right past and this dude I'll tell you what suddenly the twitchies and the shakies nothing this guy and he looked sharp as a tack and he looked pissed too he wasn't he wasn't a feeble oh but I just want my sandwich yeah that that guy that guy disappeared and this guy was he was walking upright. He was, you know, there was no twitching, there was no shaking. Yeah, I see you, old timer. I know exactly. I know the deal. I'll get there someday. And unlike you, I am gonna walk out of Hudson News with that fucking sandwich. You better believe it. But not anytime soon. I'll be. If anybody's listening, the authorities. I don't plan on stealing sandwiches until I'm well in my my eighties and nineties. So, relax. I don't steal things now. I'm a young able-bodied and able-minded fella with a steady income and uh, I can pay for my own sandwich. Uh, but when I'm, but when I'm on the fixed income and when I'm 80, 85, 90 years old, um, yeah, there's a good chance on a, on a, on a flight. Uh, I might walk into that Hudson news and a, a sandwich may, uh, may walk out in my pants, but we've got a good, uh, we've got a good 50, 60 years before that happens. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. Didn't get my combos thanks to this old 105-year-old scam artist trying to fucking swipe a sandwich out of the Hudson News. And, of course, the idiotic cashier who had to give a personal concierge service to everybody trying to cash out. Oh, your debit card didn't work eight times? Let me come around a ninth time and try it. Let me do the exact same thing again. Oh, and it still doesn't work. That's so weird. The debit card didn't work eight times, but on the ninth time, it also didn't work? What? Oh, 
Well, the good news is none of the people in this giant line of 20 behind you have anywhere to go and are in any kind of rush or any urgency, so I'm sure they're happy to wait and watch this all play out while the line on the other side of the store that was 20 deep uh, is has now completely cleared out. Oh... Which is not true. The line on the other side of the store didn't completely clear out. It was just, it was still 20 deep, but it was just moving. It was a different 20 every few seconds. Ding, 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 you're done. Paid, paid for your thing. Okay, have a nice day. Anyway, so we didn't get combos. Didn't get trail mix. It was fine. The flight was fine. I tried to sleep. I, you know, I, I booked it so the seats are 3 3 and 3. The rows are 3 3 and 3. And so I booked it so that, uh, you know, there were, th- you know, Kimmy and the girls got to sit together. And then knowing that uh, obviously none of the girls were going to want to sit by themselves next to a stranger and, and Kimmy wouldn't uh, particularly enjoy that either. I'll be the guy who gets to sit next to some asshole. And on the flight from Boston to London, uh, it was some some woman who, uh, you know, I, look, the rule is. If you're in the middle seat, you get the you get the armrests. That's the un, that's the unwritten rule. I think everybody knows that. If you're in the middle, you get both of the armrests. And I understand that and I appreciate that. But also if you're in the middle and you're not using the armrests with any great regularity, and also if I'm fat, I'm just going to I'm just going to rest just let me just rest my elbow on a little bit of the armrest. There's room there's room for both of us. And so and also if I fall asleep and my arm falls on the armrest, like I I can't fucking help that. So here I am in the middle of the night flying over the Atlantic and I'm trying to catch a few Z's, catch a few winks because we're going to be all fucked up from the time zones and the late night flights and all this other shit. So I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to catch a little catnap on the flight, maybe, you know, squeeze in a, some a couple hours of horrible, horrible sleep. And, uh, and all of a sudden I wake up because I, I feel this thing like jabbing my arm. And this bitch next to me is like, She's elbowing my arm, like, to get off of the armrest. So then, of course, I'm, like, now I'm, like, elbowing her back. Like, I'm, and I'm pretending I'm still asleep. Like, I'm, now I'm sleep twitching. And so we're just, like, elbowing each other, battling over this armrest, which is by, by law belongs to her. By the law of the middle seat, it does belong to her. But also, if you do not claim your armrest within a reasonable amount of time, which that time is to be determined by me, then it's my armrest. So I take your armrest. And also I fell asleep. Sorry, I didn't I didn't know that I took your armrest. But you don't need to fucking elbow me. Like, you know, just fuck off. And, uh, yeah, so I don't know. This, you know, twitchy, this twitchy asshole is just, you know, her elbow's just like George Costanza just going crazy. And then my arm's twitching back a few times. And then, and then the guy in the seat, in front of us, I, I didn't quite understand what was happening. This guy was in the middle seat, and there's a husband on the left and the wife on the right. And I don't know if they asked, like, hey, can can we just, you know, swap with you? Like, dude, you'll get an aisle seat. Uh, but he was just, he was so, like, he was so outgoing. Hi, my name is Greg. I'm from Boston. Where are you heading? Oh, I'm heading here, and I'm flying there, and I, this is what my family looks like, and let's let's be best friends. One of those fucking guys, the worst human being alive is the asshole who gets on the plane. Let's be friends. Where are you from? What do you do for a living? How much money do you make? Where do you live? Where have you gone? Where are you going right now? What kind of vacations do you enjoy? What? Uh, you know, fuck off, dude. 
Like, and, and I just thought, oh my God, we could have selected, I could have selected the row ahead of us and this would be my fate for the next six hours on this fucking flight. So I would rather have, you know, twitchy McElbows jabbing me in the sides every few minutes instead of this jacket. And then this fucking guy, like, what, who, who the fuck on a, on a flight, on a red-eye flight that's flying overnight, a 9.20 p.m. flight that lands at 8 o'clock in the morning, a six-hour flight that, of course, you know, travels several hours ahead into the future because of time zones, but it's a six-hour flight. It's overnight. It's during, like, prime sleeping hours. You've got the reading light on, and you've, you're, you've got, like, the screen on to watch movies and TV and stuff. Like, what the fuck? What's with, what's with people? You're just going to stay up all night watching movies? Is this what you'd be doing at home? No, it's not. Turn it off. I want to sleep. Turn all, turn, turn everything off. These people with their fucking books and their reading and their lights and their TVs. You know what I do? I put in my earbuds. I put on some tunes that I've downloaded on Spotify, maybe a podcast. And I try to, I try to lull off to sleep. And I feel like I'm the only one because everybody else is on the plane like, hey, what games can we play? Would anybody like to have a, a trivia contest? How about karaoke jam on this overnight flight to London? Oh, and this guy just, he didn't stop. Then he spent, so he's talking to these numbskulls. So the husband's on one side, the wife's on the other side. They're trying to talk to each other, like in sign language, because this guy didn't give up his seat. And then the wife... I counted, I think, 37 times she got up out of her seat to do stuff in the overhead bin. 37 times before takeoff. And then after that, I just stopped counting. I couldn't... I I wish I had filmed it. I wish I had recorded this. It was unlike anything. Just every 10 seconds, she was standing up and going into a bag and pulling something out or putting something in. Or her jacket was on, then her jacket was off, then it was a shawl. Then it's, it's like, who... Who the fuck are you? And how have you never existed in society before this? Is this your first time out? Like, were you locked in the basement until today? Holy fuck. Jesus Christ, I'm not even going to get to the vacation. I'm, I'm, we're not even, we're not even, we're not even off the airplane. 35 minutes in, I'm still in the airplane. Oh, God. So this dumb dumb sweater vests shawls thrown it thrown it over the seat and she's up and she's down and she's in the bathroom and then her son's coming over from god knows where and and then this guy in the middle is just he's just happy as a clam all night didn't motherfucker didn't sleep the whole time because every time i woke up which was often because i'm getting an elbow jammed in my side every time i woke up i would look through the little crack in the seats and see him and they've got a norwegian air you know, a lot of these planes and certainly long flights, international flights, have the screens. I remember, was it is it Delta that has Direct TV? Somebody, I don't know if they still do, but somebody used to have Direct TV. That was the greatest. You could swipe your credit card and, like, for the duration of the flight, pay I don't know ten bucks, and just get Direct TV. Because I remember, you know, and the only reason I did that because it was uh, work was paying me to go to Phoenix one time and. uh so it wasn't wasn't my dime. So <laughs> what a fucking jerk. Anyway, so uh, I was happy to spend uh, ten dollars to watch Directv and watch watch Monday Night Football while I flew out to Arizona one night. Uh, but anyway, you know they all they've all got the, the screens, 
And on Norwegian, it's like you can use the touchscreen to order food and drinks and snacks, or you can look at the the little flight map, see where you are, see how much longer the flight's going to take. Or you can, you know, look up, I don't know, facts and bullshit on on different cities. and Or you can watch from a library of movies. Or you can play trivia games. Like, you can play Trivial Pursuit with yourself. I honestly thought maybe this was Uncle Cliff sitting in front of me. Like a real-life, Uncle Cl- Cliffy, I was on a magnificent flight. It was a red-eye from Boston to London, and I spent six hours playing Trivial Pursuit, Psalms Edition, on the touchscreen. Because that's all this guy did. He was uh, just, he just yammered on for the first half of the flight, and then when his little seatmates fell asleep, he spent the entire time with this bright white, and it's a bright white screen, and it's shining right through the crack of the seat right into my face, and he's playing fucking trivia games. And and I think, I think he was actually pretty impressed. Like he would, he would do like he would get the trivia question right, and he would like do the little fist pump. Like who the fuck? Are, what are you fucking Tiger Woods of airplane trivia games? You fucking asshole. Uh, yeah. So thank God I wasn't I wasn't next to him because I would have I would have killed him. Um. Anyways, and then on the other side, uh, diagonal and uh, on the row. On the, on the aisle seat, diagonal from me in front of Kimmy, uh, was a young lady who thought, yeah, this is definitely the right place for me to take off my shoes. You get comfy, you know? What are you, fucking Del Griffith? Del Griffin? Whatever his name is. John Candy? From uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Boy, are my dogs barking. I mean, you know, she didn't take off her socks and start rubbing her feet, but, like, still, like, you, you don't take your fucking shoes off. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you look like. I'm not going to discriminate. If you have shoes and socks on your feet, on an airplane, that is where they stay the entire time. Also, on that note, uh, and I'm guilty of doing this in the past. I, I I have not done it in years, and I will never do it again. Uh, flip-flops on an airplane fucking should be outlawed. Same with shorts. And I don't care. I don't care how good-looking, guy or girl, I don't care how hot your legs are and tan and all this stuff, if you're in great shape. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to see legs on an airplane. I just don't want it. I want pants. Pants or punishable by death if you're wearing shorts and certainly flip-flops. I don't want to see your legs. I don't want to see your hairy legs or your not hairy legs. I don't care if they're ugly legs or the best legs on the planet. I just don't want to see them on an airplane. Because I don't know where those fucking legs have been. You sick fuck. Put pants on. And and really, like, pajama pants? You know, there used to be a time, and I it precedes me. Like, people would put on suits and ties to go on an airplane. And now it's like... Honestly, I was going to say it's like the subway, but the subway is where people are wearing suits and ties because they're going to work. The subway has become the airplane, and the airplane has become the subway. We dress, we dress on an airplane like we're getting on a subway, and we dress on a subway like we're getting on a fucking airplane. Anyways, and I'm not saying people should be wearing suits and ties to get in an airplane. That's that's absurd. But, like, pants, socks, absolutely socks, and fucking shoes. And they don't come off at any point ever, ever at all. 
But you know, what do I care? It's just, just, just me. I'm just, I'm just thinking of the world around us instead of you and your little bubble where you're the only one who exists, and you can just, you know, you're home in your living room, taking off your socks, your shoes. Same thing, right? Airplane, living room. Just take, get comfortable. Just get comfortable. Just take off your little shoes. So your little socks are wafting in the air. That's cool. And then, and then this imbecile uh, with her with her little socks. Um, you know, Del Griffith sitting there. It was it was disgusting. And and on top of that, she's watching. She watched two movies. Also, also didn't want to sleep. Like, who are these people? Who are these nocturnal douchebags? And I know sleeping on an airplane sucks. It's really hard to do for any great length of time. And to get you, falling asleep on an airplane is easy. It's getting a you know anything that resembles a quality sleep. You, it doesn't happen unless you've got you know maybe one of those luxury things where you can get a bed and all that shit that they have on some of those planes. Uh, obviously, as a guy who's flying to Norway in September on a budget. <laughs> on a budget Norwegian Airlines flight, uh, I'm not booking any kind of bedroom for me or anyone else. So, uh, yeah. So they, uh, so she's watching these. Every movie she watched looked like it was just a different version of Sense and Sensibility. It was just like a different shitty uh, coming of age story from hundreds of years ago in England. You know, with big ornate houses and. And people talk like this, I don't think they talk like that, but anyways. Yes, of course. The cotillion. You know, it's just... I just hated, I hated everything that this girl did. I hated her socks. I hated her choice in movies. I just hated everything about her. And seriously, you can't, you can't fucking wear flip-flops on an airplane. You cannot fucking wear flip-flops. And you should not. You can't wear shorts either. Like, take the, put pants on. It's the middle of summer. Great, put pants on. Bring one pair of pants, and then as soon as you get to your destination, fucking rip them off and run around in your undies. I don't care. But on the plane, I don't want to see your goddamn legs or your feet or your socks. Huh. Okay, good. Forty-two minutes into the podcast, and uh, I have not spoken once about Norway. Ah, <sighs> yeah, it was just, just. Oh, and the... yeah, on the uh, also on the way. There were a bunch of screens that I could... Because I have an aisle seat, so I can see what people are watching. Somebody's watching Harry Potter, Half-Blood Prince. Great choice. Excellent choice. Somebody, like two or three different people, were watching a movie that I had no idea what it was at first. I didn't recognize any of the actors in it. And everybody's got, like, goofy costumes. And it just... You know, and it's funny how movies look when you when there's no sound. Like... There's probably a lot of really good movies that look really stupid when you don't have sound on. So I'm watching, and I'm like, what are these people doing? And it's like, they're flying around, these little jerky-looking spaceships, but it's like underwater, and it's then they just, it the costumes look stupid, and it just looks like a silly fucking dumb movie. And then Jason Momoa shows up, and I'm like, oh, holy shit, they're watching Aquaman. And I've heard good things about Aquaman. I don't particularly, I love Jason Momoa, going all the way back to the Stargate Atlantis days. Now, there's a show. Uh, and, of course, Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm not... I don't give a fuck about Aquaman. And the movie it looks fine. I didn't really... You know, everybody loves these movies, and I just, I'm just i just not cut out for them. 
because I heard how great Wonder Woman was, and then I watched Wonder Woman, and I was just I was just bored out of my mind the whole time. I didn't enjoy any of it. I thought it was so boring. I don't know. I liked Man of Steel uh, up until the end, where I I hate when the superheroes have a battle that just that levels entire cities, destroys every building in an entire city, and it's just no concert. It's like eh, we just killed you know probably tens of thousands of people, something you know, on a, on a scale that was 100 times that of, of 9-11. Uh, but it's okay, because, uh, uh, because I just, I killed Zod. You know, great news, everybody, Superman saved the day, killed Zod, and like, you know, 30,000 innocent people in buildings and cars. But at least he got General Zod. Anyways, so uh, watching Aquaman without sound, it looked like the dopiest thing ever. But uh, I'll have to watch it. It's on HBO. I'll watch it with sound. And I'm sure it will be just as dopey. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, these people, these people with their movies, um, it's also like the name of the superheroes, Aquaman, which look, I get it. Like these are, these are old names for characters, Superman, Batman, cause he's a bit, ba- Aquaman just sounds so stupid though to me. Doesn't it? Do you, th- you know, I think, I mean, it's Superman like, cause he's super. And Batman, because he's, you know, bat stuff. And so so I get Spider-Man. Okay, bit by a spider. He's Spider-Man. And I just, you know, I guess it could be where, you know, it's better than Fish-Man. But just Aquaman. Well, you know, that's pretty, uh, that's pretty, pretty vague. I mean, Superman, he's got superpowers. Spider-Man is a spider and Batman does the bat stuff. And what other, what other man is there? He-Man. Because he's a he, and She-Ra because she's a she, so that fits. I guess Aquaman because he's he comes from the Aqua, so he's Aquaman. What is your name, superhero? I'm Aquaman. Oh, is it because you come from Aqua? Yes. I think honestly, I think Waterman would have been better. I'm Waterman because of all the watery things I do. Anyways, I'm sure I'll watch it. I'm sure I'll enjoy it even though I don't really enjoy almost any of these superhero movies. (laughs) But, but the people tell me the internet tells me that I will enjoy it or I'm a piece of shit. So just like those fucking terrible Avengers movies. Oh, I should, I will, I have to enjoy this because I watched three of them and I enjoyed nothing. And the fourth one, I don't even give a shit. I read the spoilers. I know what happens. I don't care. Anyways, so there we go. Forty-six minutes. Uh, let's see how much of Norway have we talked about? None, none, none. Norway, none. Talk Norway. Uh, so let's let's just skip over the the hijinks on the plane. We get to London. We spend uh, like six hours just sleeping. It wasn't Heathrow either. It was Gatwick, which is like I think that's like the Walmart. Like if Heathrow's Target, I think Gatwick is Walmart. Uh, at least based on the characters that I saw uh, hanging around, it was like the fucking, like fucking cantina. It really, goddamn, these some of these airports at these major hubs, it's like the fucking Star Wars cantina bar. These fucking mutants, and I'm one of them. I'll be the first to admit. People are looking at me like, Jesus Christ, look at this fucking cantina bar. Look, <laughs> look at this cantina boy over here. Um, so we're all in it together. All this, me and all the, me and all the freakazoids at Gatwick Airport. Um, and we, yeah, we just sort of slept in chairs 
and waited for our for our flight. And the flight, my God, the flight from London to Norway to Oslo was like two hours, and and uh, it was great. It was easy. It was nothing. It was, you know, it's like flying a, from here to North Carolina. It's like okay, cool, wow. Now we're in Norway. Here we are. And uh, so we get out. We go through the passport check. The the airport is like there's like nobody there. It's great. It's a beautiful airport in Oslo. Get easy peasy through the passport screen and all that stuff, and through customs and blah blah blah. And uh, and then we get the rental car. It's easy hurts. Just just like going to any fucking rental car place anywhere else. And uh, got our found our rental car. Put our shit in the rental car. And then, uh, and then it was interesting because you fire up the rental car, and it's a Kia Nero, which you can get those. So it's not even like we had any kind of like, oh, you can only get this car over here in Europe because of the emissions. And it was like, I looked it up. Kimmy looked it up. I'm like, oh, you can go up to Dan O'Brien's Kia here in Manchester, New Hampshire, and get a Kia Nero. And maybe there's some little differences. Obviously, the license plate's going to look different. But so I thought, eh, well, that's not a. So it's not like a, you know, I was hoping we'd have like a Clark Griswold uh, clunker to drive around, drive around the country. But eh, I guess in the long run, I'm happy we had a, a nice new car with only a few thousand miles on it. Uh, but yeah, then it was interesting. You fire up the car and uh, oh, there's Norwegian uh, radio is on and uh, all the prompts are in Norwegian. Eh, but that's an easy like hit a couple buttons, change the language. Great. Now it's all in English. And then you get going, heading to our hotel, and uh, and that was the only that was the only I wouldn't say terrifying, but like kind of startling moment was when we left the airport, and you know all the signs say ut, and that's how you know how to exit. We'll go ut this way, ut. Let's go ut, and uh, follow the arrows. Just you know, just like anywhere else, you don't really need to read, you just need to know colors. And what arrows mean, and that's how you can get places. Uh, but then when we were leaving the airport, and you go through the little, you know, the little gate to get out onto the highway, and of course everything's, you know, who knows what the fuck it said, but it's all in Norwegian. And then that was that was the only moment where I said, "Ooh, shit!" Right, Norway. <laughs> I do not speak or read or understand this language at all. Uh, but that was it. Then you get on the highway, and it's like, I mean, you've got Google. You got Google Maps, GPS. We use the Verizon Day Pass, so we can, you know, they have. You can just buy for ten dollars a day to use. You don't have to change your plan. You just get a ten dollar a day uh, pass to use your phone in a different. You call them up and say, "Hey, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in uh, the UK for a few seconds, and then I'm gonna be in Norway for six days." And they say, "Okay, we'll we'll unlock Norway and the UK so you can use your data, and it'll get you a day pass for every every day that you're there." Great, and that's it. So it's just like driving around anywhere else. You've got the you've got the maps. I've got Google Maps telling me where to go. And uh, there's numbers, which means the speed limit. And you know, there's various signs that I don't know what it's saying. But then Kim would just look things up. And there's a lot of signs that had like a parent and a child. And I didn't understand what anything meant. But I okay, that's probably telling me not to go too fast because there's children and families. And you got to be careful. So I get it. And sure enough, Kimmy looked it up. And uh, it's, yeah, there's, you know, don't go too fast is what these signs are saying. And uh, I also realized uh, because a lot of the signs had the word fart in them. And Kimmy looked up that the word for speed in Norwegian is fart. 
So we had a lot of fun driving around Norway because uh, fart, Fartsgrensen is speed limit and uh, over Fartsgrensen is over the speed limit. So a lot of the signs said blah, 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 Fartsgrensen. And it was just a, don't go over the speed limit. Okay, you got it. So speed equals fart over Fartsgrensen. Uh, and then a lot of, the, you know, just like in America, you've got the little thing that's set up that tells you what your speed is when you go past the little checkpoint. And they have that in Norway too. And uh, it says din fart. And so that means your speed. And then it tells you what your speed is. So, and then I would, and, and Kim read that they're very strict about their, about their farts and their farts Grensons over there. Um, you don't want to go over farts Grenson because they, uh, it's not like you've got a police cruiser sitting on the side of the road waiting, you know, with the little radar gun. They just have the the cameras and the radar guns along the side of the road. And if you just, if you're speeding through it, they're going to snap the picture and they're going to capture your speed and then you'll get a ticket in the mail. <laughs> That's it. So, so I quickly slowed down once I realized like, oh shit, I could just, I could be, I could be amassing hundreds of dollars worth of tickets and not even know it for we and who knows maybe I, maybe I did uh but I tried to keep my I, I tried to keep my farts grinson in a reasonable farts grinson um you know but then but then you you read like hey even if you go like a uh, one or two kilometers over the speed limit they could get you you know even a, even one to five kilometers over the speed limit could be like uh I don't know like fifty dollars a hundred dollars something like that us and so I said, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to keep it right at the speed limit. But then I keep it right at the speed limit, and then there's these cars racing by me, which I'm guessing is probably not a lot of tourists from other countries at this time of year. So I'm thinking, okay, well, then I'll keep the pace uh, with, the, with the other Norwegians. I'll keep, my, uh, you know, I'll keep my fart the same as I'll fart with them. And, uh, but then I still got, and I'm like, you know, I don't even want to chance it, so I'm going to keep my farts Grenson uh, to a reasonable farts Grenson. And then all of a sudden, this guy's behind me, and he's farting up my my farts Grenson. He's farting up my ass. And I'm like, look at this fucking farts Grenson back here. He's farting all over the fucking road, farting up and down the road, farting in my mouth, farting up my ass, just farting all over the place. And so I'm, like, trying to keep my fart to, you know, within the farts Grenson, and these guys are farting up and down the road all over the place. And I'm like, well, you know, what the fuck? What the fart? You know, I'm, you know, and I would just yell at them like, your, your din fart is too too fart, too fast. Your farts Grenson's too much din fart. I don't know. And uh, also, uh, speed bump is fart dump. And so, obviously, the kids uh, loved that, as did I. And every time, and there's many speed bumps. There's many fart dumps in Norway. And, of course... Even now, even being back in the States for the last week, uh, every time I've hit a speed bump in the school parking lots or anywhere we've gone at the grocery store, there's like five, there's five fart dumps just to get to the grocery store. Uh, just to get up to Freddy, Freddy's fist bump, you got to go through five fart dumps. Five fart dumps gets you the fist bump. And uh, so, yeah, every time we'd go over a speed bump in Norway, I would, of course, you know, everybody yells out, fart dump. Fart dump, and uh, and I do it now. And the kids, the kids, it's it's long since gotten old for the kids. Like last night, I took Cam to something practice. I don't even remember. And there was a speed bump, and so we went over it. I was like, fart dump. We went over another one. Fart dump. Went over the next one. Fart dump. 
And she's just staring at me like, yeah, the joke was funny like 10 days ago. And now it's really just not funny at all. So, uh, but it's funny to me. I'm never gonna. I'm never gonna stop saying "fart dump" when I go over a speed bump. And I encourage you to now do this. Spread, spread the fart dump love. Everyone out there listening to you out there listening, when you go over a speed bump, it's no longer a speed bump. It's a fart dump. And you should yell "fart dump" every time you go over it. Roll down the windows, hit a speed bump, and yell "fart dump" as loud as you can out the window. So that's a fun, that was like the one word that I learned in Norwegian is fart, means speed. And uh, rumor has it that Grandma Cliff was also in Norway last week, and she learned what farts grinsen and farts dump and farts, all that stuff means. Uh, And I think she's got a message for Cliffy coming up at the end of the show. Oh, man. Uh, There was another, there was another quality moment. Well, I'll get to this in a second. So, so yeah, so we got to the hotel, and it's, uh, I don't know, it's like 8 o'clock at night. But really, it's, uh, yeah, it's whatever. It's 2 in the afternoon, U.S. time. So I'm like, we're not, we're exhausted, though. But that's the good thing. We're exhausted from getting such a terrible night's sleep on the airplane and sleeping in the airport and all that stuff. So we got to the hotel, and we're absolutely exhausted. And the hotel is fucking nice. Like, it's a Clarion. Clarion Hotel, I think. Eh, it'll be, you know, it'll be fine. It'll be a bed. That's all we need. We just need a bed. It doesn't have to be, you know, anything great. I got a fantastic, excuse me, I got a fantastic deal on Priceline. I use the Express deals. Or actually, maybe I named my own price. I've I've only used Priceline to name my own price, and I've gotten such great deals over the last, whatever, 20 years of using Priceline. And sometimes I use the express deal, sometimes I name my own price, and it always it always yields excellent results. And this was no different. And we got this this fucking, it was a four-star. I mean, Clar- you look at a Clarion, and uh, I remember the Clarion over by the airport in Albany was like, you know, Clarion's just uh, whatever. It's a Clarion. It's like, um, I don't know, Holiday Inn Express or something like that. It, it's pretty, seems like a pretty average place. Uh, but the Clarion in Oslo is like four-star, it's awesome. The elevators have giant uh, LED or giant screens, high def LED screens. Um, with it basically looks like there's water f- uh, cascading on the elevator entrances, um, or snow or whatever. Whatever was being was was on these screens. It looked it was awesome. Just the little effects, the little touches like that. And uh, so so I went in and I checked in. And I'm like, wow, this place is gorgeous. Uh, and then I said, where can I park? Uh, because I pulled my car, just there was just a little tiny little little nub to park in uh, to go and check into the hotel. And uh, I said, where can I park? He said, oh. Um, he said, you'll see the sign that says Parkering, which is parking. I'm like, oh, park. Norwegian for parking is Parkering? Okay, that's that's easy. That's as easy as fart fart dump. So uh, he said, yeah, he said, you're going to turn immediately. There's a street right next to the hotel. It looks like a pedestrian walkway, um, but cars can go down it. And I said, okay, I'm going to take your word for it. And he said, yep. And then there's a, it says parkering and the garage is right there. It's great. So I got in the car and I'm pulling down what absolutely 100% looks like a pedestrian walkway. I looked like, I looked like I was driving uh, through Faneuil Hall, like, uh, you know, Quincy Market. I, I, f- I felt like, oh, this is not, he was wrong. I should not be, 
I should not be here. Uh, this is not this is not a place for cars. I feel like uh, you know we've got a Clark Griswold moment uh, already about to to happen, and I pull up to what it says. There's parkering and the gate, but the gate's down. There's a big garage gate that's that's down, and I pulled up to it. And I thought, well, maybe it's a sensor, and I pulled up, and nothing's happening. And I'm like, okay, th- we're in the wrong place. This is not. This is like somebody's private garage. Because why would the gate be down? Because in the United States, if it's a parking garage, you just the opening is there, and you know, unless you have like some kind of private access to the garage, there's no there's no gate that goes up and down. There's just a there's a there's an arm that lifts up and down, and you pay and you swipe, you take the ticket, whatever, and you go in. You know where the parking is because you can see. Oh, that's a parking lot. And uh, in Norway, come to find out, they do have plenty of public parking garages. Uh, they just, yeah, all of the doors are closed. So you have to pull, you have to pull up within like a, the fingernail of the door to get it to open. Cause then I, I backed out and I'm, I'm trying to go the same way that we were going, but then there's, there's pillars because it does become a pedestrian walkway. And I said, Oh my God. And there's not enough. I, now I have to turn around and I have to leave. Cause this garage is obviously not the right, this is not the right parkering for us. So I'm trying to turn around and go back and find where I'm supposed to be parkering. And and so now we're like I'm doing uh, now I look like Austin Powers trying to do the three-point turn in those little the little carts in the first uh, in the first Austin Powers movie and then he gets stuck and he's just he's completely stuck against the wall and and that's that's what I felt like. I I'm like well, I can't I'm not even going to be able to turn this car around. So then I turned the car around and I thought, no, that's got to be it. This is the road he told me to go down. So then before I get back out onto the main road, then I tur- did another three-point turn and pulled back around just just off to the side of the parker ring garage. And then I see a door open and some guy comes out, like a hotel staff. And so I go up to him and I'm like, hey, man, by the way, Norway, if you want to go to an English-speaking country, Norway is I would say probably the number one English speaking country with the, you know, with America being like 407. Um, And I'm not talking about foreign people. I'm talking about like, you know, (laughs) red blooded Americans who, you know, just have, you know, mush mouth. You ever, you know, go to go down to the deep South and try to understand what the hell anybody's saying or like even, you know, Boston sometimes, New Hampshire. That's the and your candy, your candy bars, and then you melt in the sun. You park the car by the candy bar. No, you go, you 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 walk around Norway, and everybody's just fluent, and it's crisp, and it's it's beautiful, beautiful. And they they speak the kings over there. Um. So yeah, you just go out. To, you don't even have to like you know like in France, there's like maybe forty percent of the population speaks English, and you have to you know ask, do you speak English? And and they say no, you fucking stupid American, get out of here. Um, but in Nor- Norway, the kids learn English like in school. Everybody's it's a mandatory requirement. All the school children have to learn English, and they take it throughout school, and so they graduate and they're fluent in English. And some of the older people didn't have that requirement. So if you if you come across like some older folks there's a good chance that they're not going to speak English, but everybody's, I mean, everybody speaks English there and it's, you know, it's great. Um, so I go up to this guy and I'm like, Hey, uh, I was told there's a parking garage back here. And he's like, yeah, that's it right there. I'm like, how do I, how do I enter this garage? How do I enter this parkering garage? 
And he said, just pull your car up to it and the door will open. I'm like, but I did that. He's like, you have to pull. He's like, you can't, you can't read what the sign says with a sign. There's a sign in Norwegian. It says, pull your car up so that it's, you know, kissing the garage door. I'm like, oh, okay. And then sure enough, the, the door opened and we went down into the garage and, uh, and the garage is like, it sort of looks like a, a Fisher price, like a little people car garage, like the one that I had where there's no physical way that the cars would be able to maneuver through the garage unless a human hand was, was maneuvering them and doing things that they physically could not do. Like, you know, shimmying over to the side and just spinning around, you know, if you just had a hand spinning the car back around, that's what this garage is like. And I'm driving around and we don't have a very big car. And I'm like, how the fuck I'm supposed to fit through some of these spaces. Holy shit. Uh, but I did, and we got settled, and there was tons of empty spaces in the garage. And then we got up to our hotel room, and it was lovely, and we checked in, and they brought a cot up for Kaylin to sleep in, because it was just one bed, and they were booked, and there were no two-bedroom rooms available. And Cam was happy to sleep on it. She slept on a big, comfy chair, and she loved it. Kaylin slept in a cot. Kimmy and I slept in a bed. It was great. And, uh, yeah, we... We had a nice first night. We we, we, went out, we went out to find some authentic Norwegian cuisine. So naturally we ate at TGI Fridays next door because we were exhausted and we just wanted something to eat. And TGI Fridays was right next to the hotel. And so that's what we did. We ate at Fridays and God damn it. I wouldn't, you, you couldn't pay me to go to a Fridays in the United States. Fridays, Applebee's, all that shit. Once in a great while we go into Chili's. Because, uh, you know, that's where they hold the, the Dundee Awards ceremonies. But, yeah, TGI Friday and Applebee and Ruby Tuesday. I, you couldn't couldn't pay me to go to those fucking places. But TGI Fridays in uh, Oslo? Goddamn, that was a good... Uh, I had a burger. I had pretty much every meal was burger because um, burger costs about 20 to $25. And that's typically the least expensive thing on the menu over there. But that's because they, they all make a livable wage and there's a quality of life and uh, health care and things that exist over there that we don't have. So I would gladly, if the trade-off to get free health care was, you know, a $25 cheeseburger, great. Oh, oh, and they get mandatory 25 days of mandatory vacation every year and maternity leave and paternity leave uh, up to one to two years. Unemployment, paid unemployment of one to two years, like... Okay, so the taxes are a little bit higher, and the cheeseburgers cost a little bit more. Great, sign me up. So we went to we went to Fridays, and the burger was fantastic because that's like, oh, this is what actual meat tastes like. Oh, I see. Oh, and there's no like chemicals and all that shit. It's just like meat, meat from the farm, like stuff that you have to pay extra for in the United States to get like the grass fed beef, organic grass fed. Oh, everything's just that's just how everything is over here. Oh, I got it. Okay. That's why I ate a bunch of burgers and didn't gain a pound all week. Oh, okay. So, yeah, and we had this great uh, this great waiter named Jan who was super nice. And he was like, yeah, he's like, I know it's cliche, but I want to move to California and I want, <laughs> I want to be in movies. I'm like, dude, fucking do it, man. Go, go do whatever the hell you want. I wouldn't leave Norway, but that's because I'm not from Norway. You're from Norway and you want to get the hell out of here. I'm from America, and I'd like to I'd like to just trade places with you and stay here. So I get it. Um, and I would like to do the opposite of going to Hollywood. I would like to go on a farm, 
and uh, with where I can't hear a person scream and they couldn't hear me scream and just sit out in the dark and the quiet and uh, listen to the goats chewing the grass. That's what I'd like to do. Uh, but this dude was super nice and, uh, and the burger was really good. And the thing about Norway is, you know, the whole European thing with the eating and this is my assumption because I know in France they take hours and hours to eat dinner because it's, it's food, but it's also it's a, it's an experience. It's a social gathering, and everybody gathers around the table and the dinners. I remember some of them. We you know we went to like ten o'clock at night and eleven o'clock at night, midnight. We're still up, you know. Oh, now let's have another plate of cheese, and let's have the. And I, I don't know if it's quite if it's quite to that extent in Norway, but uh, they don't. Then there's no there's no uh, speedy uh, sense of urgency to bring the check. So you really, you have to be aggressive to get your check when the meal's done. And there's no real way, you know, some people can just like put their hand up like, ah, check please. But I'm, I'm incapable of that kind of social interaction. So I had to call poor Jan over and be like, so is in Norway, do the, you know, and I'm like, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole, but I sounded like an asshole. I'm like, so in Norway, do they bring the check after the meal or is there some step that I have to do? And he's like, no. He's like, do you want your check? I'm like, yes, please. He's like, okay, that's uh, you could have just said, can I have the check? And I'll go get the check. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, can I have the check then, please? And every restaurant we went to, you know, unless it's McDonald's or something, you have to really go out of your way and be like, hey, excuse me, I'd like to pay for this now. I don't want to sit here for three hours. Contrary to your, uh, to contrary to what you might think, I want to want to get the fuck out of here. So. You know, but whatever. But that's because, uh, yeah, and we would be at restaurants and people would just, they'd be done with the meal. Nobody's asking for the check and nobody's bringing the check because they're sitting and they're having, uh, you know, they're just having some coffee, having some, uh, you know, whatever, wine or something. And they're just sitting and talking and enjoying life. And uh, that's a weird, it's a weird concept to just like not be rushing off to the next thing because that's, that's all I do. It's like, okay, we're done with this. Let's get back so we can beat traffic, so we can do this, so we can... Do... But there's no... In Norway, there's not really a lot of traffic to beat either. You just kind of... Yeah, you... You know, population's not... Uh, you know, there's a lot There's a lot of farmland, and there's a lot of little highways, and a reasonable uh, ratio of cars to people, to drivers, to highways, to this, to that... So anyways, uh, yes, we ate a TGI Fridays the first night, and it was fucking, it was a fucking delicious burger. I couldn't, it's the first time ever. I'm like, wow. I mean, how, how often do you say that you come home and say, wow, that meal that we just had at TGI Fridays was delicious. I cannot wait to go back and have another meal at TGI Fridays. Well, I said that <laughs> in, in Oslo. I was delighted by the meal that I had at TGI Fridays. So, okay. And then that was it. We went We went back. We went to, I'm not going to go through every fucking day of, of the trip, uh, but I will say um, Oslo was awesome. Uh, the hotel was awesome. They have a whirlpool. I took the kids down. We went swimming down on the lower level, and it's just this big circular pool with a pillar right in the middle of it. And I was like, wow, that's odd. And then I hopped in the pool and instantly started floating away because it was just a big whirlpool. It was awesome. It was fun. 
I know all the times that I've been in somebody's above ground pool, a circular above ground pool, and you get everybody like at a birthday party to try and go in circles and swim around and run around as fast as they can and then stop so that you kind of create your own whirlpool. It was like that, except you didn't have to do anything because they have the jets firing in the pool and you just get to you just get to float around and swim around and it's it's, it's fantastic. It was fantastic. The breakfast spread at the hotel uh, the, 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 yeah, there, here was another thing. So they they had everything, uh, just like giant overflowing trays of delicious macaroons, and croissant rolls, and eggs and sausage and bacon and bread and cheeses and charcuterie, and a yogurt station, and pancakes with fruit, compote, toppings and honey and syrup and everything and just anything you could fucking ask for. They had it all, and it was. It was like, this is the complimentary breakfast? Holy shit. Usually it's like a bran muffin and a banana. And this is like, wow, they have, this is, this is quite the spread. I've never seen anything quite like it for free anyways, or included. And, uh, and with the price that I paid on Priceline to get this hotel, I did feel, I felt slightly somewhat guilty that I was eating all this free food. But I also didn't care because, uh, you know what? Fuck it. You accepted my price, and therefore this breakfast is just as much mine as it is the asshole sitting across from me who probably paid three times as much for the same room. Uh, but there was there was one day, uh, the second day of breakfast, the first day, I had some... I, I, I came down because the kids and Kim were still asleep, and the breakfast ended at 11 o'clock on Saturday. So I ran down, and I just kept grabbing plates. I just put bread and croissants and pancakes and cookies and fruit and oh yeah oh my god endless fruit every every piece of fresh fruit you could possibly hope to have just delicious fruit fresh fruit so much fruit all the fruit apples bananas strawberries melon the whole thing blueberries fresh 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 fruit and uh, so i'm just i'm just filling up plates with food because they're going to close they're cutting off at 11 and it's like 10.55 and I'm just loading up plates with food and setting them at the at the table. And the kids came down and ate. And, uh, and then and then we had to, they had to kick us out because they were having lunch soon and said, well, not only do they stop serving breakfast at 11, but you got to get the fuck out of here at 11. So we had to like shovel down our food. And then the restaurant manager felt bad. So he, he said, you can go sit on the other side, the little lobby area. And, uh, and then he brought us a bunch of fresh croissants f- filled with fruit. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. I love eating. I love eating. And this, uh, this provided exactly, this fulfilled all of my needs. And I love breakfast. It's my favorite. Breakfast is the best. These pancakes, they were not, they were, they were pancakes. But they had almost a crepe, a crepe kind of taste to them. Of You know, it wasn't, it wasn't quite a, it wasn't a French crepe. By any means, but it wasn't quite a pancake, and it was oh, it was perfect, just perfect, and uh, yeah, and so the next day I went down and I was getting pancakes for the kids, and they have you know the fresh fruit toppings that you can put on there and Nutella and honey and all that shit, and uh, I knew the kids would only want syrup on their pancakes, and so I asked the guy like, hey, do you have some maple syrup because they did the day before. And he's like, uh, I don't think so. And I said, actually, you do. It's up on the, the shelf up there, just next to the stove, the top shelf. Ah. And he went over and grabbed it. And then this guy standing behind me, he goes, he goes, ah, uh, leave it to the Americans to know where the syrup is. I'm like, what? 
Yeah, I was here yesterday, and I saw him put the syrup bottle back. That's why I know where the syrup is. Uh, leave it to the Americans to not change their ways. They're going to have syrup. I'm like, well, I will change my way. Like what? I'm not like I've never put fruit on a fucking pancake. I love I love fruit topping on a pancake, but I like syrup too. Like what the fuck? Obviously, other people like syrup, or they wouldn't have syrup at the pancake station. He's like, ah, not to change their ways. The Americans in their syrup. Like <laughs> the Americans in the is that a thing? If internationally, are we like, are we being made fun of for our love of syrup? Because you know the fucking Canadians uh, have been known to enjoy some syrup from time to time as well. You asshole. And uh, so, so I'm like, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. The the, the pancakes are for my kids. I was playing. I'm gonna put some fruit on my pancake. I'm like, I don't need to. T- I don't need to explain myself to you. So I just, I didn't say any of that. I just said, yep, I, I know where the syrup is. And then this fucking guy's like, ah, yes, the Americans are not going to change their ways and get the syrup for the American. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to enjoy some syrup, fuckface. Then this guy goes, he goes, well, actually, I'm glad about that because I'm going to have pancake with a lot of syrup on it myself. I'm like, oh, are you? Are you really? You're going to have... The Americans, the Americans not gonna change his ways. Gonna put the syrup on the pancake. Uh, actually, could you leave the syrup out? I'm going to have some too. You fucking idiot. Who do, who are you? And you know what? I went back and I ate a pancake, and guess what? It had fruit topping and syrup on it. So go fuck yourself, because I put syrup on everything. I put a big plate with waffles or French toast or pancake, and sausage and bacon and hash browns. And I smother it all in delicious maple syrup from New Hampshire or Vermont or Canada. And in this case, it was Canadian maple syrup at this delightful hotel. So you're going to tell me you'd rather put, you'd rather slather honey on your pancakes than fucking Canadian maple syrup? Oh, you wouldn't? Oh, you also want the syrup? So really, I did you a favor. So I guess you could say, once again, the Americans have bailed out the other country. So you're welcome. I got the syrup. Once again, the American is the hero of the day. And so, of course, I I pumped my fist in the air and chanted, USA, USA, all the way back to the table with my Canadian maple syrup. It was great. It was great. All right. Let me, let me take a break. There's a few more things to talk about. And we'll talk about them after this quick break. New editors. Instant classic as far as I'm concerned. Black gold, baby. Alright. So. Yeah. I keep it playing. It's a great tune. Plus, listen to this tune like 57 times driving around Norway. So it's, it's fitting. I'll play some Norwegian tunes a little bit later too, maybe. Stuff that I've been listening to for years that, like, oh, hey, we're in Norway, and I'm listening to Norwegian tune. There was actually a moment uh, when we were waiting in line to get on one of the ferry boats. When you're out in the fjords, you, you know, you got to get from one little island, mountain thing, town to another. Uh, the only way to do it is in a ferry boat if you want to take your car. Um, so you have to pay, I don't know, 20 bucks, 10, 15, 13 bucks. I don't know, whatever it was. And, uh... Yeah, so at one point I was, you know, you kind of get used, you know, you know what to, it's, it's not that difficult. Like, 
which town are you going to? Get in that lane, and then you'll take that ferry boat, and you wait for the ferry boat to return, and then you, the guy comes over and you swipe your credit card, and then you get on the ferry boat. And there was a guy in front of me, an old Norwegian guy, who got out of his car, because clearly he had no idea what to do on the ferry boat. And he comes and I roll down my window and he's speaking entirely Norwegian and I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I don't speak Norwegian. And he's like, ah, ah. And then he went to the car behind me and I think he was just asking, is this the ferry boat? Is this the correct lane to get in the ferry boat? Because then he came back and gave me a thumbs up and I'm like, yeah, oh, cool, thumbs up. Yeah, it's the fucking ferry boat line. You didn't know that? You're from here and you didn't know? Stupid. Uh, but then, of course, Kimmy brought it to my attention. I'm like, I'm like, why are people? Because the first, the first couple days, the first day or two of the trip, everybody, you know, you can see the Americans coming from a mile away. And I, you know, I try not to. You know, it's not like I had a big Hawaiian shirt and a fucking holding out a map with like binoculars and cameras around my neck. I just kind of, you know, I had a sweatshirt and jeans. Or actually, no, I wore shorts every day. This is fucking oh, 55 degrees. It's just gorgeous. 55 degrees, cool, cloudy. It's like a country made for me. Just cold and cloudy. Crisp air. Drinking water that comes right out of the tap that tastes like the fucking tastes better than the the bottled quote unquote Norwegian water that you can buy in the stores here. Uh, but anyways. The first couple days, people were coming up to me and, you know, they speak English right away. Like, oh, yeah, I, I see you. And then after a while, I think they just saw, like, okay, this is, like, you know, chubby, pasty guy with a beard. He could be, he's probably one of us. The only dead giveaway was, like, the chubbiness, because you don't see a lot of that. Because everywhere you go in Norway, you have to walk up and down. That's why I didn't gain a pound, because we ate just whatever we wanted. And, but, you, you know, you're walking around the city, everything's, you know, it's hilly go out and there's mount everything's mountains so to get anywhere you have to go up and down hills uh, so so maybe that was the only the only thing that made me look a little more American-ish than Norwegian-ish was the uh, you know the extra the extra poundage uh, but uh, yeah but people by the end of the time were coming up and just speaking to me in Norwegian and I'm like oh sorry I'm I'm an American baby and uh and this old guy, and I, and I thought, why would this guy just come up? Like, do I like people are speaking to me in Norwegian? Does do I look Norwegian? Do I come across as Norwegian? And Kim's like, you're playing that Norwegian pop music that you always listen to. Like, you roll down the window and you're playing a bunch of music that's all in Norwegian. I guess, you know, silly him to think that maybe you speak the language. I'm like, oh yeah, good point. Anyway. Such a good trip, man. Oslo, we walked around Saturday. Saturday and Sunday, we just spent kind of hanging around Oslo. We went and saw the Royal Palace and the guards. We went to this really great little toy store. They have like just toy stores just scattered around and everything. You know, obviously you're not gonna find a fucking Walmart. It's it's delightful. There's not a you see McDonald's and Burger King, and, you know Circle K and Shell stations, IKEA obviously. But like, yeah, there's at least I didn't. I sure as hell didn't see any Walmart, any, any you know, any big fucking monstrosities like that. So you have like these little independent toy shops, and all, you know, and all other kinds of shops that are independent. And it's you know, it's kind of nice. It's like oh yeah, 
this is what it used to be like everywhere. Uh, so anyways, and I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and, like, preach, like, I spent six days in Norway and suddenly I'm a fucking Norwegian, you know, nationalist or anything like that. But Jesus Christ, it's a great place. I, I mentioned some of the perks, you know. You go to a McDonald's, everybody over here is like, oh, you can't rip minimum wage over a livable minimum wage, but McDonald's, you're supposed to be motivated to move on to a better job. Like, what the fuck is a better job? Banking? I, f- you know, I feel like, uh, I felt like less of a piece of meat when I was running around working at Barnes and Noble than, uh, than any of my time in the banking world. But that's the thing you get oh, over there. The minimum wage is about nineteen fifty twenty dollars an hour. It's on, you know, people can actually live off of those wages and they can work in a gas station. They work in a McDonald's and they have, they have, com- they have like eight computer touchscreens to order your food. And yet still they had a dozen $20 an hour employees behind the counter, and they all seemed... Look, they seemed uh, pretty fucking happy to be there. Because nobody's, nobody's like... Nobody shits on you because you work at McDonald's like they do here, or at a gas station like you do here. You just, like... Everybody plays their role. They're part of the whole... The whole thing, right? The whole... The whole society. We need people to work at the gas station. We need people to work at McDonald's. And yeah... Of course, move on from those things. And if you find another job, you go to school, you do this and that. But while you're there, you don't feel like a piece of shit because somebody else is working in an office and you're working, you know, slinging burgers at McDonald's. It's like, hey, we're all contributing here. And it's like everybody kind of has this weird, like, respect for one another and for life and for the quality of life and for nature. And, like, it's like, it's almost weird. Like, what? You're, you're all, like, happy just existing because, oh, because you don't have to work 80 hours a week and you can leave work at a reasonable hour and, uh, you know, you you work a reasonable amount of time and, oh, you get paid uh, something that can actually, uh, you oh, that you can actually put back into the economy. You can, you know, rent an apartment. You can buy a house. You can go on a vacation because they require that you have to have 25 days minimum a year required by law you have to take for you know for these jobs uh so oh yeah so you get to actually enjoy time with your friends and your family and yourself and uh, and you get to make a livable wage and actually be able to afford things oh okay so and that's and so that's probably why you don't feel shitty working at McDonald's because it's a job that like people actually you know we need McDonald's workers and it like it's a job it's a fucking job Great, you work at a gas station. We need you because we need gas and we need things that you can buy at a gas station. By the way, the best fucking burger that I had in the whole trip was at uh, was at a Shell station. Oh my god, this cheeseburger was unlike anything. It was so good, better than any cheeseburger that I had at any restaurant in Norway. Oh my god, unbelievable! The sauce, the cheese. Oh, I'm I'm gonna be thinking about that. Like, if there's one motivator for me to go back to Norway, it's to go to the Shell station and get a cheeseburger. The hot dogs are pretty fucking good, too. But, uh, you know, hot dog... Hot dog's kind of a hot dog. This cheeseburger with the sauce and everything. Oh, my God. I'll be dreaming of Norwegian gas station cheeseburgers for the rest of my days. This this I can tell you. Oh, here's... <clears throat> yeah, there we go. Play some some Norwegian tunes but listen this is the thing though like these tunes I've been listening to for the last couple of years I don't know how Spotify and its algorithms knowing that I would somehow be into Norwegian pop music 
So, it doesn't quite remind me of Norway because I had memories of... Sadly, some of this some of this shit reminds me of Omaha, Nebraska more than Norway because this song I listened to, I discovered these guys when I was in Omaha listening to them riding in the back of an Uber somewhere. Anyway. Krekesolv. Krekesolv. Luftslot. I like this song. Anyway. Okay, so... Yeah, so Oslo. Toy shops. Fucking awesome. The palace was great. Just walking around the streets. It's just gorgeous. So nice. And it's, you know, it's like 60 degrees and it's drizzling. And everybody's out. Everybody's out running and walking around and stuff. Like, they just... Because if you live there, like, that's the kind of weather that's going to happen quite a bit. So either you can be miserable and stay inside or just say, fuck it, I'm going to, you know, put on a little hoodie and go outside and enjoy my life. And uh, so so we're in this toy shop and the, the woman working at the register is like, oh, yeah, I, I've, been to the, I've been to the United States once. My husband and I took a trip to Las Vegas last year. It was great, blah, blah, blah. We, we went to the Grand Canyon. We did this. We did that. I'm like, oh, interesting. I'm like, I remember when I worked for a toy store, and one time I could afford a sandwich from Mr. Sub. So you're telling me that you... And look, who knows? You know, I don't know anything about their finances, but, like, you're not often listening to a lot of people at the registers here in this country when you go into a toy shop or any other kind of shop talking about, like, the international travel that they're doing. But I guess when you, uh, you know, when you live in Norway and you make 20 bucks an hour minimum and you've got like time off to use where you're getting paid to not be at work no matter what your job is yeah yeah you could probably take some time and go go see las vegas go see the states but this lovely delightful woman at the toy shop recommended that we go check out the uh the farmer's market across the street okay let's do it so we did oh my god the first tent we went into was like the great norwegian bake-off of 2019 like some big baking competition. They had like four different teams and they had TV cameras at the end of the tent and the judges were eating the pastries and the baked goods and the bread and all this stuff and judging and judging them as judges do. And uh, for the rest of us slobs, we got to just stand there and whenever a team would present their baked goods to the judges, they would have a huge they would just have trays and trays of this stuff and one tray would go to the judges and then the other trays they would just walk around and you would wait you would wait in line you would wait up front and you they would just hold out the tray and you can just grab cakes and tarts and pastries and croissants and all this bread and all this stuff so you just sit there we just sat there and ate fucking baked goods fresh freshly baked norwegian breads and cakes and oh my god oh my god I'm thinking about it now and realize I'm touching myself <laughs> oh god it was so good there was there was one thing that was given out they had like free meat which is a little weird but I don't care I'll take free meat I don't care where it's been I don't I, I trust the Norwegian meat I'm gonna take some meat it was good meat they had hamburger meat, they had steak, and then you could buy a burger or you could buy a steak. And they had chocolate places and all this stuff. We bought some chocolates for the kids. It was just, oh my god. It was magical. 
This is just magical. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here's some more Norwegian tunes. This, see, this it doesn't remind me of Norway because I think of like, I think of taking the train into work in the middle of a middle of winter and looking at the snow outside the train. It was quite quite beautiful, you know, going through the the countrysides. I don't know if countryside is the right word, but the some of the some of the fields and farmlands and whatnot outside of Boston on the train right in and thinking like, ah, oh, it'd be nice to be in Norway right now. So that's what this song reminds me of. But we played it a lot while we drove around Norway. This, I think this is what was playing when the old guy came and asked me in Norwegian what the deal was with the ferry and I just shrugged my shoulders like a fucking idiot. Why would he think, Kimmy, the nerve of him to think that I'm a Norwegian? What would give him that impression? Oh... Oh, I see. Yes, of course. Uh, who is this? Who are these guys? There's... I can't... Svamabassing. Svam... Svamabassing. Schmil. That's the name of this song. What else? What else happened? Uh, yeah, it was just a great day. We had dinner at this... Outside at this restaurant overlooking the sea. And shockingly, I had a hamburger, a cheeseburger. But it was fucking great. It was great. That's where I saw this guy, this old guy, sit down. Leather jacket. So fucking pretentious. I mean, it really did. It looked like a fucking a beer ad from my dad's uh, 1970s Playboys. This guy sat down. He ordered a beer. Ordered a mug of ale. He had the fucking le the leather jacket with the scarf, the beret. Pulled out a big pipe. Sat there puffing on his pipe, drinking a beer, and just just staring longingly at the sea. And that was it. He had one beer, and then he left. And he had this big leather bag, fucking nose. It was uh, yeah, it was unbelievable. And I thought that's I don't know. That seems like I'd like to get there. I'd like to be that pretentious fucking asshole, puffing away on a pipe, staring longingly at the sea, <laughs> looking. Looking like I'm in a beer ad from a 70s Playboy. Ah, uh, it was great. Sunday, we went to the the uh, Monk Museum. Edvard Monk. And uh, this dude, Monk, uh, The Scream. If you don't know any of his other works, you know, if you're like me, you don't know shit about art, The Scream, you know, The, the Scream. Look it up, it's The Scream. And so we got to see that, like, right up close and in person, which was awesome. And there's a whole story about in 2004, there was an art heist. The Scream and the Madonna, which are, which is another one of his famous works, uh, were, were swiped, you know, on a, on a Sunday afternoon. And we were there on a Sunday afternoon. It was a Sunday afternoon in 2004. Two guys came in, armed with guns, uh, held the gun up to the one of the security guys' head, and then the other guy grabbed the grabbed the paintings and they they got the hell out of there and obviously they were they were eventually caught well they have a whole a whole display about that heist on one of the walls in one of the galleries and uh while we were reading it out loud uh, this woman came up and she just started laughing and i looked at her i'm like what's so fucking funny with you she goes oh i i i know this guy i'm like you know what guy I'm like, she's like one of the guys who's who committed the, the the art heist? I'm like, really? She's like, yeah, I work in the prison where where he's uh, in captivity. I'm like, no shit. 
Like, no. Stupid question. What's he like? Eh, pretty nice guy. She's like, most of them are just pretty nice guys. I'm like, eh, okay. And she's like, yeah. She's like, that was, this was a big deal, this art heist. I'm like, yeah, obviously, you can tell. She's like, yeah. She's like, it, it's not something that happens every day. She goes, we don't, we don't have a lot of really bad people in Norway. I'm like, I'm like well, <laughs> good for you. Uh, because, uh, you know, whatever. Do I need to say it? <laughs> Norway doesn't have a lot of bad people, so that's good. And that was pretty obvious, too, because everybody was fucking so goddamn nice. It was unbelievable. Kindness matters, you know. Um, I don't think they're positive, though. I think they just, they kind of live life and then they, uh, you know, they're nice, they're good to each other. But they, I think they're fully aware that positivity is stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, but she's, yeah, the guy who committed this heist of the scream. Yeah, I know him. I work in the prison. He's a nice guy. We don't really, we don't really see this a lot. There's not a lot of bad people in, in Norway. I'm like, oh, well, I'm like, this was, this would be like, I'm like, this kind of stuff happens every five minutes where I'm from. And she goes, yes, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, no, it doesn't happen every five minutes. Way worse stuff than this. We wish this happened every five minutes. A fucking art heist. I wish it was art heists that were happening in this country. <laughs> we have way worse stuff. Way worse. Oh, man. So that was cool. We got to see the scream. Got to talk to the prison guard of one of the people who swiped the scream back in 2004. It was great. And then we drove to Lilyhammer. We only stayed one night there, but it was so nice. We stayed on a farm. It was a lovely Airbnb and this big sprawling farm. We pulled in, just some dirt roads going up hills lined with beautiful trees. And oh my god, it's just and everywhere you turn, you just look to, look look in any direction, and it's just going to be one scenic vista after an, after another. The mountains and like streams that, you know, it fucking looks like Skyrim. I mean, it's it's Skyrim. That's all I had to really base it on. I, you know, we wanted to go to Norway because, uh, look, I, when I play a video game, I want when I play Vice City, I wanted to go to Miami, and so we did. And Miami was a lot like Vice City. And when I played Skyrim for years and years, I thought, boy, it'd be nice to go to Norway, and we did. And it's a lot like Skyrim. Not exactly, but it's it's very much, and. Uh, um. Oh, in the Norwegian, the Norway Pavilion at Epcot World Showcase. To be honest, that's always been from the first time I went there. That was my favorite pavilion, and I love going on the Maelstrom. Even though they destroyed it and they ruined it with fucking shitty Frozen, I fucking hate. I hate you, Anna and Elsa, and I hate Olaf, and I hate that whole goddamn movie. On paper, I should love that movie. It takes place in Norway, and it's about two sisters who choose each other over, you know guys and they whatever else and I fucking hate that movie I fucking hate that movie and I hate that they t I hate that they took down the Maelstrom ride in the Norway Pavilion at Epcot and they replaced it with idiotic Elsa and Anna and Frozen oh it just drives me nuts I'll never get to go on the Maelstrom again it kills me it kills me by the way this song that's playing this is a Swedish band Kent they're not Norwegian but I just love this song. Anyway, um, 
so this farm, oh my god, it's just just these like aqua streams and rivers and ravines and such and waterfalls everywhere. It's just like you you almost think like it's not it's almost not fair that this is just endless this country is just that's all it is. It's just endless mountains and fjords and streams and oh my gosh. Uh, so 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 we get up to the to our Airbnb that's on this farm and they've converted a barn. The lower level of the barn is a is a like a banquet hall kind of thing where you can come and you can have your wedding and then you can have your reception in the little banquet hall or have a nice dinner or something. And then the the loft up above it is an apartment with a nice living area and a nice little kitchen and a bathroom and a bedroom. And so Kimmy and I had a bedroom and the kids, one slept on the little day bed couch thing and the other one slept in another, there was another mattress, but the other one, one Cam liked sleeping in chairs. So she slept in a chair and had a great night's sleep. And it was just really cozy. And we pulled up to this place and there's, you know, the sun's shining and there's goats walking around and we met the owner and she was fifth generation farmer and she was super nice. She had just finished cleaning the place, and then there's goats grazing, and you can hear the up on the up the hill just behind the barn, and then there's like you can hear the cowbells off in the distance, and otherwise it's just silence. You know, you can hear the wind once in a while, but it's just it's so calm and silent and peaceful, and you look out over the countryside, and on the other side of the the mountains on the other side, and the farms over there, and you walk up the dirt path behind the barn. And there's other houses up there, and you can look out and to see the entire town of Lilyhammer. And <clears throat> and she told us she's like, oh, my husband's out. He's up in the he's up in the forests, up in the mountain, the hillside, gathering all the sheep that we let roam around the property during the summer. We're bringing them in for the winter. And I thought, oh man, this is fantastic. He's gathering up the sheep, and we got to see him come home with a big flatbed filled with sheep and drive them out into the barn. And put the sheep in the barn for the fall and for the winter. And I'm like, oh god, sign me up. Sign me up. I will gather sheep all day long. This was great. Then the next day, I, I wish we were there for more than one night because it was so cozy and lovely. And then the next day, we went up to Jotunheimen National Park, which are like the tallest mountains in Norway and some of the tallest mountains in Europe and like the tallest mountains in Scandinavia or Western Europe. I, I don't know. I don't know. But very tall mountains, as evidenced by the snow that covered these mountains. And it was just more breathtaking scenery and aqua-colored waters. And just every, you know, it took us like three hours longer to get to our next town because we kept stopping every five feet to take pictures and get out and go for little hikes. Because that's the thing, and you just stop anywhere. And there's little hiking trails and paths, and it's just endless, endless, endless nature. You, you couldn't explore the whole country in ten lifetimes, I don't think, if you wanted to. And, uh... So we yeah we walking across beautiful rocks, looking into a cave and a waterfall and just like, fuck, it's unbelievable. So then we got to our next town. We're driving we're driving along, and all of a sudden the GPS says take the ferry. So that was our first experience on the ferry, and so which was really fun because you're sitting out there. You can get out of your car and you can go up on the observation deck or hang out outside and 
just taking the scenery around you. You're, you know, you're traveling across the fucking fjords. Traveling across the fjord from one town to the next. Sometimes they have a little cafe open in the ferry boat. It's fantastic. And just stand and look at the 360 degree panoramic view of the mountains and the water and the sky and the snow in the background. It's it's just really, it's unreal. It's unreal, dude. Um, yeah, so the, and then so we've spent the next two nights in Lykanga. Lykanga. Uh, in this house, this girl owns this house. Her parents live next door. And when she said when her boyfriend is out of town, she rents it out on Airbnb and then stays with her parents. I'm like, okay, cool. And, uh, and yeah, most of these Airbnbs, I thought, you know, were way out in the, the remote country in a foreign country. And I thought these are great setups to just being, um, you know, butchered in our sleep. And that didn't happen, which was also one of the nice perks of the trip. That's it's just a friendly country with a lot of non-murdering people. So that was cool. <laughs> and um, so we stayed at this great house with, like, sitting up on a hill overlooking uh, Sonja Fjord, one of the fjord, the biggest, it's the biggest fjord in Norway. It goes pretty far down. And so we got, you know, a great view of the fjord, a great view of the mountain. The It's just like, and it's just like, this is just here. You just live here. And, the, and we watch those little school children, all the school, they take the kids out for walks. The kids put on their little orange neon vests their safety vests and they single file you know like like madeline they go single file up and down the road from they walk from their little schoolhouse up to the playground on the hill it's unbelievable and uh you know we were driving along and one kid he kept doing the like you know pumping his arm like toot toot like trying to get the cars at the roundabout to honk their horn nobody was so i gave him a big because it's also illegal to honk your horn in Norway unless you really need to. Unless it's like an emergency situation like honk, honk, runaway car, my brakes have been cut, get out of the way. Something like that. Because I asked the guy at the rental car, like, what about, like, can I honk for other things? And he was like, what other reasons would you have to honk your horn? I'm like, where I come from, anything is a good enough reason. I honk my horn very, very often during the day everywhere all over the place uh, you know with the with the traffic and so forth when, and he's like oh you mean if people are being an idiot i'm like yes yes if people are being an idiot and he goes well that's so that's okay you can honk your horn if somebody's being an idiot i'm like oh good norway gets it don't honk your horn unless you have to and being an idiot is included in that so that's great so you, you yeah you fit right in uh so is it so? Is it legal to honk your horn at a kid who's asking you to honk the horn? I don't know, but I honked anyways because none of these other guys were doing it, and uh, so I honked the horn, and the kids, the children cheered, and I gave them a thumbs up, and then I thought, hey, I wonder, because in some countries thumbs up is the same as the middle finger, so I don't know, because like the old guy uh, who asked me about the ferry in Norwegian, and I couldn't answer him because I didn't know. Uh, and then he came back and gave me a thumbs up. Maybe he was like saying, hey, fuck you for not helping me. And so then maybe I honked at these kids. So these kids are like, hey, honk your horn. And then I honked at them. And then I gave them the equivalent of the middle finger. I don't think that's true. I think I think thumbs up in Norway is thumbs up. So, But I'd like to think it would be, it would be much funnier if it was the middle finger. Mm. So, yeah, Lycanger was awesome. Overlooking the fjord. The fjord. And the first night we walked a few blocks down the road to this really crappy restaurant. Just 
just really abysmal food. And I had a big bowl of spaghetti, but I was so hungry I didn't care. It tasted it tasted like ragu and like something out of the microwave. Just like really, really bland and not very good. But I didn't care. I was so hungry. I scarfed down that spaghetti. The kids had burgers, which were really bad. Uh, you know, just 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 bad food. But it was one of the few restaurants in town. It's a tiny little town. And it's also sitting on like a million dollar view of like sitting right on top of the fjord overlooking that we got to watch the sunset over the fjord and the mountains while we ate really subpar spaghetti or I ate subpar spaghetti. And it was great. And it was also like the only restaurant that we went to that was like reasonably like the prices were affordable, like comparable to prices in America. You know, it was like, I don't know, nine or ten dollars for a bowl of spaghetti eight or nine bucks for a burger instead of like 20 or 30, which is the going rate at most restaurants over there. Uh, yeah. And then, and then the, the house was great that we stayed in and they had, uh, she had a little Apple TV. And, uh, so, uh, over there in the United States, the office is on Netflix and in Norway, it's on Amazon. And so we just watched classic episodes of the office, which I'm so delighted that the kids love watching the office. So we're reliving, I mean, watched every episode of The Office 5,000 times. So one more time is cool with me, and the kids love it. So we, yeah, we would come back. We'd go to the little grocery store, get some snacks, came back, ate, went to bed. The next day, we got up and we went to Hopperstad Stav Church, Stave Church, which is, if you've ever seen, like, these classic, you know, thousand-year-old Viking churches, or medieval churches, really, like just kind of at the end of the Viking era. I think the I think the stay the stave churches that existed prior to the Viking or prior to the medieval times during the Viking era they're all gone because they built the staves, uh, which are the you know the big posts columns that support the structure. They built them right into the grass, right into the dirt, and so the elements ate away at the at the stay at the stave, and it over time destroyed the church. Well, the newer ones that are like only like nine hundred years old or a thousand years old, uh, those were built right into uh, you know stone. They put the stone in the ground and then built the church into the stone, and that's why like twenty five of these fuckers still exist. Uh, out of the, you know, there were hundreds of them, but the fact that there's, you know, even one is still standing is remarkable, let alone a couple dozen throughout Norway. And we got to see, we got to see one that was, uh, yeah, Hopperstad Stave Stav Church. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's hard to put into words. It's in a beautiful, like everything, it's on a beautiful countryside, beautiful hillside overlooking the fjord, overlooking the mountains, overlooking the town, uh, cemetery. Which, you know, the graves go back to like 17, 1800s, so it's it's comparable to like, you know, walking through a New England cemetery. And then you go into the church and there's a, there's a, I guess a docent or whatever you want to call them standing there to answer any questions. And I asked way too many questions. I could tell she was really annoyed with me. But I had a lot of questions to ask. And they have, uh, most of these churches have a priest buried underneath it, but this particular one was a German woman uh, buried sometime uh, a couple hundred years ago, I think. And uh, she was beloved in the town. She had a lot of money, too, so that probably helped her get a burial plot right inside the church, a stone slab right when you walk in. And, I mean, the wood is still intact. It looks, I mean, it doesn't look like it's a thousand years old, that's for sure. And it's just gorgeous. 
It's just fucking gorgeous. Oh my god, I could just stand there and stare at it all day. It was unbelievable. And uh, and then the next day, uh, the next day we got up early, got packed, and headed back to Oslo. And uh, man, oh man, we went to the Viking Ship Museum. Oh my god, dude, that was cool. And it was like kids are free. It was like maybe. I don't know, it was like 20 bucks maybe to get in for the two of us, roughly. And it's not big, much like the Monk Museum, that's not huge, but there's a lot to see still. I mean, they've got two two huge Viking ships, long ships, and like almost, I mean like 90% intact, which is unreal to think about that. I don't know. And then they have, so there's basically like four, four wings, and the first wing, the first thing you see is probably the most impressive of the Viking ships, and it's just humongous, and you get to, you can walk up to a little, a little terrace and look out and see, you know, they have it pretty high up on a pedestal, so you, you can't really see inside the ship until you go upstairs, and then you can look over, and it's just like, oh my god, look, you know, when you think about it, you think about how old this shit is. It's just unbelievable, and then you go down, uh, and then you go down a, another corridor, and they have like carts, uh, horse accessories, and tools, and axes, and hammers, and just everything you could think of, chests, and just some of the clothing, and it's it's again, it's just like wow, this is. This isn't a replica. This is the real stuff that they found. They, they unearthed from Viking burial sites. Because the ship... You know, they'd bury the ship with the guy. The Viking dude, leader, whatever. Be buried with his ship. The ship captain. Um, so they... You know, these, these things were buried for centuries and centuries. And then they were unearthed. And reconstructed. And some of them were, like I said, 90% intact and put in these museums. And then they've got they've got another corridor with another ship, and they've got a couple of display cases with bones. And you get to the description of like there's an old woman who lived to be about 80, and a woman who lived to be about 50. And here's how they probably died based on this and that. And here's they used this they used the metal they used a pick to clean their teeth because of based on you know markings and and then here's another here's a viking uh, warrior who you can see like this his leg is there's half of his leg because it was sliced off in battle with a sword and then his knee suffered major lacerations major damage which of course that's when i got to <laughs> that's when i got to say i got to nudge cameron and say hey uh i guess you could say this guy I used to be a warrior like you. Then he took an arrow to the knee. Which, if you don't know, that's a reference, a direct reference to one of the famous lines that's repeated ad nauseum in Skyrim as you walk around and you interact with the non-playable characters and some of the lines that you hear from these characters in the game. It's either, let me guess, someone took your sweet role or... 
oftentimes, and, and obviously the lines just, they just repeat. You can go to different different little territories, little towns within the Skyrim game, and all the dialogue is the same for these non-playable, you know, guards and things like that. And they say, "I used to be an adventurer like you. Then I took an arrow to the knee." And so I, I took advantage of the fact that we were basically in Skyrim to use quotes and lines and references to Skyrim. And Cam didn't think it was funny at all. She just punched me and said, stop. Stop. Stop, you old prick. Stop with all your Skyrim references. And then I would say, oh, let me guess. What's wrong? Someone took your sweet roll? Ah, good fun. Uh, and then the other wing had... Uh, the remains of a of a ship, as well as the uh, as well as the burial chamber, and a few of the smaller boats, and uh, and so you could you could look inside those ships. Uh, you could you could look you know you could look at the at the actual burial chamber, um, and then in this wing they had this really cool. It was projected on. The two walls, as well as the ceiling and the f and the the front wall of the room, and it was just a five-minute movie, but it was just kind of a, you know, a real kind of synopsis of of the Viking life, you know, <clears throat> all that shit, you, you know, it's pillaging and plundering, and then taking taking the goods or in some cases the people and selling them. Uh, you know, selling them to merchants and exchanging goods and this and that, and then you know, traveling and doing the Viking stuff, the pillaging, the plundering, all of that, and and then you know, they showed the Viking getting killed in battle, and then the burial, it's a big giant burial mound with his, you know, being buried with his ship and all that stuff. And it was great. It was just a great little five-minute film that we watched I think about three different times because it was really fun and really cool to watch and uh, yeah and then that was pretty much it uh, there's there's more there's more pieces to the there's more stories of Norway but those are kind of some of the highlights just off the top of my head and then we went to we went to the hotel which I deliberately booked a hotel right near the airport because we had an early flight as nice as it would have been to go stay one more night in downtown Oslo, and we could have. We would have had time to get to the airport. But, you know, flying, international, early flight, you want to be as close as possible because we, we had to return the car and we had to do this. So uh, we stayed at the Scandic Hotel by the airport, and uh, it was a piece of crap, which I figured it would be. It's nice, it's a nice restaurant, and there's a bar and lounge and stuff. It's not a, it's, you know, it's not a day's in. But it's, uh, you know, it was fine. It was a room, and it was one bed. So we had to, you know, Kaylin volunteered to sleep in the chair. She wanted to sleep in the chair, so we let her sleep in the chair. And Kimmy and Cam and I slept in the bed, and that was fine. And then, of course, during the night, Kaylin got in bed with us, so it was all four of us in a queen-size bed. But whatever. We weren't going to get much sleep anyways. We had to get up at 4 a.m. To get, to get the car returned and filled with gas and blah, 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 and... And so that was it. Uh, we did have dinner at this hotel, the Scandic Hotel, on our final night there. And again, I ordered a burger because, again, it was the cheapest thing on the menu. <laughs> and our waiter came out with all the burgers. And um, 
he dropped off all the food at the table and then the top of my hamburger bun, my cheeseburger bun, fell on the floor. He picked it up and he said, ah, oh, excuse me, I'll, I'll fix this right away, I'll be right back. I looked at Kimmy and I said, hey, what are they gonna, they're gonna toast another bun? I don't think so. He's, this motherfucker is coming back with that exact same bun, I guarantee you. And he was back 30 seconds later with a toasted bun. I'm like, this is, this is the bun that fell on the floor. You, you, what did you do? You know, you blow on it? Or what did you do? Go, you go to the back and you stand there for 30 seconds more likely and then you came back. I'm not eating this. I ate it. I still ate it. I was hungry. I don't care. How dirty can Norwegian floors possibly be? So fuck it. I ate the bun that fell on the floor. Who cares? I was hungry, man. Uh, so yeah. And then we, we got out of there early the next morning. Spent the day again in Gatwick. Gatwick Airport in London. Which I hope uh, I hope to never spend any time in that shitty airport ever again. It's the, the Walmart of London airports. <laughs> and, um... And then we got home. We got to Boston around six, six or seven at night, on f whatever Thursday, last Thursday, the twelfth. And Cam, we got all our stuff, and we're going through the check-in, the passport check, and all that stuff, customs. And Cam realized that she left her favorite hat that she just got only about a month ago for back to school. She left it on the plane, and she was very upset. And I'm just trying to tell her, like, dude, it's, you know, we know exactly where we got the hat. We can just go, we can go get another. But, you know, you really need to learn to be sort of accountable and responsible. You know, if you bring stuff on a trip, you have to be, it's not my job. You're old enough, you got to kind of keep track of your shit. And she was really, she was really upset because it was, you know, it was her special, it was her first hat that she picked out and her back to school hat and the hat that she wore all over Norway and so it's like, it's special, the hat that's been to Norway and all this stuff, and it's the first hat. I said, listen, the Boston Express bus is going to be here in like 20 minutes to take us back to our car in Tingsboro. Let me see what I can do. I'm probably not getting this hat back, but I'll see what I can do. So at Logan Airport, I went back up to the Norwegian arrivals counter where people were checking in for their flights, and I asked the woman, excuse me, uh, here's my flight number. My daughter left her hat. In row 31, who can I talk to? She said, go down to the transfer agency. It's right behind the Dunkin' Donuts. Talk to somebody there. So I went to the transfer agency, and there was a woman at the Norwegian desk. And I said, okay, I left a hat on the plane. And uh, somebody else came up and said, where exactly? And I said, it's row 31. And here's, I showed a picture of Cam wearing the hat. Here's what the hat looks like. She took a picture and was very careful to not include any of Cam's face in the picture. So she took a picture of my picture to send to her crew over her iPhone. And they went and then a few minutes later radioed back to her, called her, texted her on her phone, whatever they did. And she said, good news, they found the hat. And then a few minutes later, a young fella walked in carrying the hat and I yanked it out of his hands I felt bad doing it but I was just so happy to see that hat and I knew how happy Cam would be I said thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you and then I won brought the brought the hat back to Cam and she was thrilled and then because it's Boston uh, the bus ride we had you know the, the the Boston Express bus which I used to take into work which is kind of a nightmare uh, it goes from Nashua to Tingsboro which is just the next exit up from Nashua Tingsboro, Massachusetts, the first exit in Massachusetts. And then it goes to South Station, and then it goes to Logan, and that's that's it. 
So when you're coming back from Logan, it goes from Logan to South Station, then to Tingsboro, then to Nashua. And so we had to go, and it's like, it was the 925 bus. So I thought, eh, it's Thursday night, it's 925. Uh, the only thing you have to worry about at that time is construction and having lane closures, which can sometimes be worse than the Boston traffic itself. And so we got to South Station with no problem, and then sure enough, the O'Neill Tunnel, the Lincoln Road entrance to the O'Neill Tunnel was closed, which I've never seen before. It's completely closed, so we had to go around Atlantic Avenue, around the seaport, and then and there was a million fucking cars because nobody, everybody was doing the same thing. Everybody was going past South Station, everybody was going the same way. And it took probably an hour to get from South Station onto the expressway. It was really just fucking awful. And we finally got home. The kids were completely zonked out. We had to carry Kaylin off of the bus. And then that was it. And then Friday I logged into work. And I got a lot done. And I thought this will be not so bad because I can, you know, catch up on emails. Get some work done. And not, uh, not just jump back into a full work week on Monday. But I'll tell you, it didn't help that much because uh, because then Saturday I was just just exhausted. Getting up at like 5 in the morning because that's like 11 o'clock Norwegian time or 4 in the morning at 10 o'clock. You know, just horrible night's sleep. And now finally, uh, a week after we've returned, I'm kind of back. We're, we're all kind of back into the swing of things, which is good. But goddamn, what a trip. What a fucking trip that was. And I know this this is not your typical this is not your typical birthday boy podcast where I would just sit here and recap a vacation for two hours, but this was not you know, this wasn't the Myrtle Beach vacation. This wasn't like going up, you know, to the cabin in the woods for the weekend or something where I you know, I might talk for a few minutes about it. This is like yeah, this is a this is a once in a lifetime experience. And I've still left a bunch of stuff out that I'll that that will that will come to my memory. In, in podcasts in weeks to come and I will recap those events because there were more things that, ha- that happened than I aside from what I've described here but that'll be for another time but right now I think I don't know I think it's almost time to go I'm going to take a break I need to get some water and then uh, and I think we might just wrap it up Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I will say it's nice to come back and have it pretty much be fall. Like, I, you know, most vacations, you know, we take vacations on 4th of July week and stuff like that. It's nice. It's nice to come back and have, like, the rest of summer for the kids to enjoy. But it's just, you know, dog days of summer, man. So I, I kind of like coming back and, like, we left. Football was just starting, and we come back, and it's like, ah, yeah, it's college football. The leaves are slowly starting to change. It's a little crisp. It's a little cool outside. Actually, temperature-wise, feels about the same as it did in Norway. Although this fucking weekend is gonna suck. It's gonna be in the high 80s. They're saying it could even hit 90 in some spots, which sucks. But oh well. Fall is here. We went to Spirit last night. The new one in the old Toys R Us location. Saw all the big animatronics. 
it felt like Halloween. We came back, we watched Halloween episodes of The Simpsons, Easy Bake Coven, and then the kids watched Nightmare Before Christmas while they played with their toys before bed. So I'm enjoying I'm enjoying this before this 90 degree nonsense comes, and then hopefully we'll just be into fall after this weekend. One last weekend. Enjoy your fucking summer temperatures, you assholes. You fucking you warm weather pieces of shit, you. This is New Hampshire. It's supposed to feel like... Today feels like fall. It's supposed to feel like this from now until November, and then it's just cold and snow. That's what I want. Anyway. Ah, that's enough. Right? I think that's enough. College football's back. College football, it's sort of like... Reminds me of a... College football is like a box of Raisin Nut Bran. If anybody's a fan of Raisin Nut Bran, I love Raisin Nut Bran. And like the first few weeks, yeah, they had that, uh, what was it, LSU? Was it LSU in Texas a couple weeks ago? That high-scoring game, a couple ranked teams. Last week there wasn't anything as far as like any major ranked matches. But I like, you know, the first two, three weeks of college football, you don't get a ton of those ranked teams going up against each other. But then if you look at like, I don't know about this weekend, but like week six or week seven, there's like there's like six different games that are ranked teams. It's like a box of Raisin Nut Brand, and I say this because when you pour your first couple bowls of Raisin Nut Brand, you get a couple of the Raisin Nuts, a couple of the Raisins, and you know, some of the little almond slivers, but it's mostly just flakes. But I'm still happy because it's my, one of my favorite cereals. But then you get deeper into the box and it's like, ah yeah, there's the Raisin there's the raisins and the nuts. And I think college college football is oftentimes like that. You get It's like a box of raisin nut brand. The first few weeks, you're just happy to have it. Because it's one of your favorite things. Even though there's not really any major hard-hitting ranked matches. But then you get you get a couple weeks into that season, man. You get a, get a couple bowls deep into that raisin nut brand that is college football. And you've got some, uh, you've got some real excitement. Yeah, I mean, look at this. Weeks... Where am I? Week 7. October 8th, 14th. And that's the long weekend, too. You've got, like, Alabama and Texas A&M. That's two ranked teams. Florida, LSU, a couple ranked teams. Michigan State, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Illinois. You got, so you've got either ranked teams or rivalries. Florida State and Clemson. Penn State and Iowa, those are two ranked teams, at least as of right now. Washington State, Arizona State, there's ranked teams. And then uh, Oklahoma, Texas, the Red... You're not allowed to say shootout. It used to be called the Red River Shootout, but now it's the Red River Rivalry. And uh, so Oklahoma and Texas, that's a that's a rivalry, a ranked match. Oh, my God. USC, Notre Dame, I, I don't know. You know, it's not going to be quite as exciting as years past, but still, I think that'll be a good game. Uh, USC will probably get clobbered, but that's okay because Freddie Fistbump will probably be happy about that. Because he hates USC, obviously. And he loves Alabama, obviously. Because, you know, he's from New Hampshire. Why wouldn't he feel that passionately about those two teams? <sighs> All right. I've got a cliff call coming up. So stay tuned. Stay tuned here at the end. Uh, because Grandma Cliff has... Uh, she's called... Amazingly enough, isn't this weird? Grandma Cliff, it turns out, was in Norway last week just like we were that's so weird so you've got grandma cliff 
uh, she's leaving Cliffy a message to talk uh, a little bit about her trip. She had some interesting experiences, I believe, on her trip to Norway. Uh, there's so much more to talk about, but I really wanted to get to talking about the trip and pretty much spend the entire episode on that. And there's there's more to come. Uh, lots to talk about next week. You know, There's stuff going on on the sounding board that uh, I think is pretty interesting. Well, no, it's not interesting. It's None of it's interesting. It's, it's all idiots being idiots. But it's good... It's good fodder for the podcast, and I haven't watched I haven't watched New Hampshire Chronicle in weeks, so who knows what kind of yarns old Fritzy will be spinning, and maybe we'll have we'll have some of that, some of the old uh, you know OJ. I don't even know what they nobody even talks about OJ over in Norway. It's unbelievable, as if the as if the weather and the scenery wasn't good enough. There's no OJ. OJ Simpson doesn't live in Norway. That's another another benefit, in addition to the to the quality of life. And the, the health care and the benefits and the pay and the vacation and the scenery. And then you've also got, you've got no O.J. Simpson. What a country. What an unbelievable country. All right. I'm done. That's episode 20 of Birthday Boy Podcast. It's nice to be back. It's nice to be talking to you. I'm glad to be back. I miss Norway, but I'm glad to be back in the good old U.S. of A., in the good old Granite State. Which uh, it's nice to come back to to a region of the country that has some scenery that's uh, very similar to Norway. You know, Norway is just like a big. It's like if the Adirondacks just had a, its own country, with even bigger mountains and even more lakes. It's extraordinary. Anyway, that's gonna do it for this week's edition, episode twenty of the Birthday Boy Podcast. Please email birthdayboypodcast at gmail dot com with any feedback, any questions, any whatever. Uh, please. Please feel free. Please leave a five-star review out there on iTunes. And I realize, too, you can that Google podcast. There's that Google. The Google machine has uh, has a Google podcast uh, thingy. Uh, I think it's just called Google Podcasts. Yes, it's just called Google Podcasts. And uh, it's just one of those things that's, I, you know, I think it's like an aggregate kind of thing. So I didn't have to do anything. And Birthday Boy Podcast is just on Google Podcasts. So there you go. If you have an Android phone. Google Podcasts, or on Spotify, or on iTunes. There's there's a multitude of ways to to obtain this podcast. So obviously, if you're listening to me now, you've figured out those ways. But for your uh, less technologically inclined friends, uh, just tell them there's lots of options to to get the podcast, and tell them to listen to the podcast. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your kids, tell your wives, your husbands, your mistresses. Tell them all. Tell them all to listen to the Birthday Boy podcast. Um, I did have uh, one last thing. I did have feedback. I, t- I talked to my very good friend Jody this past week, who I've been terrible about uh, keeping in touch with with any regularity. But that's the same with uh, most of my friends. I'm just terrible at keeping in touch. That's half of the reason why I did this podcast. So you could hear the melodious tones of my voice even though we don't get to talk in person or on the phone nearly as much as we'd like to. Uh, but Jody, uh, Jody's had some stuff going on as of late, and she mentioned that uh, on a day that she was particularly very, very down and out with things happening in her life that are not fun, uh, she tuned into the Birthday Boy podcast and had her laughing hysterically. And she said she was... She said, "I wasn't. It wasn't like I was in a place where I'm like, oh, you know, I could go for a podcast. I'm in the mood to laugh. She was in the mood for no laughing. She just hated everyone and everything, and didn't think there was anything that could uh, 
pull her out of that. Uh, but there was. And that thing was the birthday boy and the birthday boy podcast. Uh, so now you can also tell uh, tell your friends and family that uh, the birthday boy podcast is a clinical diagnosis for uh, depression, anxiety. Uh, I, I'm considering, I, I'm not a medical doctor, but I, I am a doctor of podcasting. I have a PhD in birthday boy podcast. And I think it's it's fair and it's safe to say that, uh, you know, I'm happy to diagnose, I'm happy to prescribe the Birthday Boy podcast as a cure for anything that ails ye, as, uh, as Jody, as Jody is, uh, is evidence of that. No, but that was, that was super nice feedback from Jody. It really meant a lot because it's hard, you know, sometimes I don't know. You just, you go on and you do this podcast and you get some texts and some emails here and there and it's, it's great. And, um. But then you you know like yeah I don't know maybe does anybody enjoy this does anybody think it's any good, and I've said it I said since day one I don't I don't particularly care because I have fun doing this and talking to a microphone for a couple hours every week so I'm gonna keep doing it but it's nice to get feedback like that so thanks Jody and I'm in a in a year or two from now when you catch up to this podcast hopefully that will make you smile to know that I'm happy that you're happy that this podcast uh, helped you on a really shitty day in a really shitty time. All right, I'm done. I'm out of here. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you next week with episode 21. Who knows what tales will be told and what uh, adventures will go on together. It'll be. Won't you join me? I'm Rick Steves. We'll be going to Norway again. That wasn't a good... Rick Steves, I invite you to join me on my European Christmas. We'll go to Scandinavia. Norway, Oslo, the fjords. Fucking Rick Steves. Love that guy. Anyway, uh, so yeah, who knows? Who knows what we'll do next week on the Birthday Boy podcast with me, Rick Steves. <sighs> Good times. All right, here's a Cliffy call, Grandma Cliff. Have a great week, everybody. And remember, positivity is for douchebags and pieces of shit. But kindness, kindness matters. Yeah, it sure does. All right, talk to you next week. Later, Gators. I should know that by now. You're never going to pick up, are you, Cliff? You're never going to. Cliffy, in case you didn't know, this is your grandma, Cliff Cliff. Cliffy, it's your grandma, Cliff Cliff. And I wanted to call and tell you that I'm calling you directly from the majestic Scandinavian country of Norway, Cliff. I'm on my Norwegian vacation, Cliffy. And it's absolutely spectacular and magical and whimsical too cliffy oh my god it's gorgeous what a country i've gotten to see so much of it too i've gotten to see all all of the various cities 
such as Oslo, Sandvika, Borgenfell, Majenfeden, Lomsdalvisten National Park, Strendenden, Blafella, Skagerfall National Park, Skajmo, Rainemslenten, Skajmo, did I mention Skajmo, Listfjord, Lomsdalvisten, I think I said that, Hamelsteads, Bronnensvuns, Visthus, Mazjoen, Drevja, Laland, Stangensdesen, Nensa, Hemmensbergen, Slemenset, Wolvendund, Namzos, Statland, Namdelsen, Steindensladen, Fallen Fjord, Yeltenschmergen, Cliffy, as you can imagine, I've seen them all. I've listed, I think, probably the top 10 or 20 uh, towns in Norway that everyone knows about. I mean, I don't need to tell you. I don't need to tell you that I've been to Steingjörgener. I mean, you know, you know exactly. Tazbotten, Trofos, Majjoen, I think I said that, Korgen, Storfenstein, Stornjord, Glamfjord. I've seen them all, Cliffy. I've seen them all. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. And I must say, being from, of course, as you know, Cliffy, this is, this is, of course, your grandma Cliff Cliff. Did I mention that already? In case you couldn't tell, Cliffy, this is your grandma Cliff Cliff. Cliff, call me back, Cliff. It's your grandma Cliff Cliff. I want to tell you all about my trip to Norway and all the towns that I've seen that I just mentioned. Because, you see, being, being of course, as you know, from Winston-Salem, as you can tell, I am clearly am from Winston-Salem, Cliffy, as you know, as you are also from Winston-Salem, I, I wasn't expecting the, the temperature to be as chilly and cold as it was. I was really not prepared. Because, of course, as you know, whenever I go anywhere, Cliff, any kind of majestic vacation, luxurious vacation that I go on, I always pack my four-piece bathing suit. And, of course, knowing that this is a country filled with fjords, lakes, streams, rivers, ocean, I figured surely it would be conducive to a four-piece bathing suit. And so I sat on a nice beach of jagged rocks overlooking the mountains and the fjords in my four-piece bathing suit. Well, as you can imagine, Cliffy, I'll leave it to your imagination, the very chilly, cold weather mixing with the four-piece bathing suit, as you can imagine the things that it did to my nipples, Cliff. I, I don't need to go into any uh, further discussion, I'm sure. I'm sure you know what happens to nipples in the cold weather. And perhaps that's why you sometimes wear your, your slacks up to your nipples. Maybe it's for an extra layer of warmth, Cliffy. That's, that's all I can surmise at this juncture. But I can tell you, Cliff, I sat on those jagged rocks, those jagged Norwegian rocks overlooking the beautiful fjords and the mountains and the streams and the lakes. In my four-piece bathing suit, as chilly as it was, I enjoyed every moment of it. And wouldn't you know, Cliff, no sooner than I take off my robe and lie down on my blanket on top of the jagged rocks in my four-piece bikini bathing suit, 
that a young man, a young, wonderful, handsome man, swept me off my feet quite literally, Cliffy, as I was as I was adjusting myself on my towel on those jagged rocks. There was a tiny, a small, a modest rock slide of sorts, and I started to slip and slide down the rocks, and all of a sudden, a young gentleman named Jorgen, or Jorgen, or Jurgen, or something like that, I didn't quite catch his name, maybe it was Sven, I can't remember, Cliffy, but Jorgen, Jurgen, Sven, let's just call him all three of those names, Jorgen, Jurgen, Sven, swept me literally off my feet as I was about to tumble over the rocks, head over heels, nipples over feet, into the icy waters below in the fjord. Well, he grabbed me just in the nick of time and swept me up off of my feet. And no sooner did he do that than we became positively smitten with one another, Cliffy. Smitten, I tell you. So wouldn't you know, Jorgen Jurgen Sven took me out to a wonderful Norwegian dinner. We ate all kinds of fish and other kinds of fish and cold fish and warm fish and then some different fish and there was fish with sauce and fish with creams and fish with various juices, Cliffy. And I, I savored every mouth-watering bite of that fish as it went in my mouth and down my throat. It was absolutely marvelous and spectacular, Cliff, just spectacular. And then, sure enough, Jorgen Jurgen Sven took me back to his house for a majestic night of whimsy, magic, and ecstasy as I have never known in my life, Cliffy. And boy, oh boy, he took me back to his room and he, he undid all of the zippers, all of the buttons, all of the clasps on all of the four pieces of my bathing suit. And let me tell you, Cliffy, I know now why it's so difficult for people to pick up Thor's hammer. It was forged by the gods themselves. I have no doubt about this, Cliffy. Oh, my God. But you don't need to know. You don't need to hear. You don't need to hear every detail of my, uh, of my escapades, Cliffy, of my encounters, let me just say to you, Cliff, that it was a positively wonderful, majestic, and, uh, dare I even say erotic experience unlike anything I've ever known before. It was tremendous, Cliffy, and I owe it all to wearing my four-piece bathing suit in the 50-degree weather overlooking snow-capped mountains and icy fjords sitting on those jagged rocks. Cliffy, I surely hope that someday you will accompany your grandma Cliff on a trip to back to Norway. And perhaps I can introduce you to Jorgen Jurgen Sven. He's such a lovely man. And I'm sure you would like to uh, talk to the man who provided me such, such incomparable ecstasy that I've never known before, and perhaps he can help you with, uh, you know, with anything, uh, perhaps uh, along the same lines, along the same topic, Cliffy. In any event, Cliff, call me back. It's your grandma, Cliff, Cliff. I would love to provide further details of my Norwegian magical vacation, Cliffy. 
Okay, Cliff, this is your grandma, Cliff. I've got to go uh, do my laundry, all of the clothes, the four-piece bathing suit bikini, my socks, my shoes, my underpants, my, uh, you know, my unmentionables, that kind of thing. I need to wash all of them. And while I do so, I will probably, perhaps, sit and reminisce and reflect on the magical night that I spent with Jorgen Jurgensven. Oh, and Cliffy, I learned, I learned a few Norwegian words when I was over there. Here's one for you. How about farts dump? That's right, Cliffy. Isn't that, isn't that a hoot? Isn't that hysterical? It's the word for speed dump. The word for speed in Norwegian is fart, Cliff. It's fart. I thought the Norwegians were being very inappropriate until I realized what that meant. And I don't need to tell you that farts dump means speed bump. And farts grensen means speed limit. Well, I was happy to learn that phrase just in time for Jorgen Jurgensven to take me back to his abode because I was able to say, Jorgen Jurgensven, there's no Fats Grensen. There's, in fact, no Grensens at all to what you can do to me. If you know what I mean, Cliffy, no Grensen whatsoever when it comes to Grandma Cliff and her desires and her needs. I hope this has provided you with some details, Cliffy, that uh, you otherwise would not have known. But please call me back, Cliff, at your earliest convenience so I can provide you with more details of my trip. I'll tell you more about the foods that I ate, the sights that I saw, and even more about Jorgen Jürgen Sven. He's a few years younger than you. He's in his mid to late 20s, and I'm sure you would have a lot in common. So perhaps you can give me a call and I'll tell you more about him, Cliffy. Okay, Cliff, this is your grandma Cliff Cliff, just calling to tell you about my Norwegian vacation, my four-piece bathing suit, the fjords, the towns, the sights, the sounds, and of course, Jorgen Jurgen Sven and my night of unbridled ecstasy. Cliffy, this is your grandma Cliff. Give me a call at your convenience, Cliffy, so I can tell you all about it, even in further detail. Okay, Cliffy. It's Grandma Cliff. Cliff, call me back at your convenience. Okay, bye. And by the way, Cliffy, I just love you, my little baby butter boy, my little baby Norwegian butter boy, and schmoiden, schmurgen, foiden, fjorden, schmurgen, Cliffy boy butter boy. Okay, bye.